Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One for Paul. This is the show where I um, give a bunch of indie or popular culture movies to my good friend, Mr. Paul. Hi. In front of the mic again, as promised. I missed you last time. Yes, but you were you were audibly heard. Apparently, the water's great. Everybody what? should come in. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out more about that when the episode goes up. How did that not go up? Oh, don't. That's a, that's a story for off the mic, dear. Fair enough. But, but it is being sorted. I forgot we were on the mic, which is weird given that I put them up. <laughs> uh, today we're discussing one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, it's directed by Kevin Smith. It came out in 1994. We are talking about Clerks. That's right. We're talking about Clarks, the uh, unofficial movie about the many Clark Kents of the multiverse traveling the multiverse, defeating evil. Oh, it's a story about two guys in a corner in a corner shop in New Jersey. That even sounds better. Yeah, that sounds even better. Or Clark's the shoe shop, which my old work. Clark Kent runs a shoe shop. No, there's Clark's. That sounds super. Clark's is a shoe shop in the UK. I'm aware. <laughs> my joke was better. Eh, you say so. <laughs> um, so I, you, I did with Clark's. It's one of the reason why it's my all time favorite movie is Kevin Smith is my favorite director and when I was shown Clerks after seeing Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back because I needed to know I wanted to know where these characters came from and I had no idea about any of this because I've never seen a Kevin You've Smith movie never seen a Kevin Smith movie never once baffles me uh, it kind of baffles me too now because I, I looked into his uh, his list of films he's done mm-hmm. he's done a lot of movies yeah a lot of uh, movies that I've heard of and was like I, I always figured, oh, I'll watch it later. It's fine. I'm sure it's fine. And then later turned into 20 years later. And yeah, here we are. I'm trying to think. It's Clerks, Morats, Chasing Amy. Because uh, Clerks was his first one. Clerks or if it wasn't, cool. then there were some weird choices made. There no, were sort of some weird choices made anyway. Clerks, Clerks is his first movie. Okay. And then it's Morats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jersey Girl, Clerks Oh, he made two. Dogma. Yeah. Because uh, Jan's album. What with the bowling man? Pardon? Did, did that have the bowling guy? Bowling guy? There's a dude who bowled skulls. No, 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 no. That's um, Mystery Men. Oh. That's what you're thinking of. Oh. Dogma is the is a movie about his view on Catholicism. So we're watching Clerks this time. Yes. So this is like your favorite movie ever? It's not my favorite movie ever. My favorite all-time movie is Back to the Future Part 2. But this Fair. is my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Okay. Like, is this top 10 for you? Is this? Oh, yeah. It's in my top yeah. 10. Easy in my top three. Someday we are going to do your top 10. Yeah. You know, we, me and Dan have said we would do it, but it's one of those things. It would be that the top 10 for that week because it changes so very often. I mean, there's there, my, my definitive top three I have, which will never change. They're my three all-time favorite movies. But. Which will be revealed at a later time. Stay yes. tuned, kids. Yes, it will. But um, starting off uh, with Clerks, the story behind the movie is the fact that Kevin Smith were, went to film school in Vancouver. He was supposed to be there for six months. He dropped out after three. Oh, Canada. He, w- he went to the Vancouver Film School. He has got an honorary degree now, but... Uh, he left and then him and his and the producer and Scott Mosier said, all right, the first one of us to finish writing their movie, the other one will come and help and be the producer. Oh, okay. And Kevin Smith finished his movie first, which was Clerks. Finished the script, you mean? Finished the script yeah. first, yeah. So Scott came and, did, and was his uh, DP. Well, wasn't the DP, it wasn't the DOP David Klein? Uh, Klein joins data on, but uh, Scott was the original DP on. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I I just read the IMDb credits because I have a few cinematograph cinematographical notes. Mm-hmm. That's a word for the day. Well, uh, uh, Kevin Smith self funded this movie. It mm. cost twenty seven grand all in all, but he maxed out credit cards. He he literally r- r- technically committed fraud to make this movie. Shh. 
No, he, he's he's spoken about it. <laughs> he just had he just had he'd set a cl- uh, uh, RST video on Quickstop, which is the location of this movie. Mm-hmm. Those are the two places he did generally work in. Every time they rung our, uh, a credit card company, got rung RST video to be like, um, we we've been told Kevin Smith earns like. 50 grand a year with you guys and he's like yeah yeah earns 50 grand most expensive <laughs> most expensive video game clerk video clerk in the world and he's just all right here's his here's your here's your 27 here's your seven grand credit card then that's hilarious that's what, that's what he did Good you can't Lord. you can't get away with it anymore not with web checks and everything i don't think you ever should have been able to get away with it then he he got lucky i mean, he, I mean uh, yeah. immediately once it got picked up at sundance he got the money back and paid all the cards off straight away and closed a lot of them yeah, but, but then he was on slight Hollywood money, so it wasn't really a problem. Yeah, uh, I he, mean, there's he uh, had a credit card registered at the Warner Brothers store, so when anything new came in, he he automatically got it. Oh wow! Yeah, jeez. Didn't he also sell his credit card collection? Uh, not his credit he card sold, collection. He sold. Um, <laughs> he sold his credit card collection. Two grand comic collection. Two grand of the money he raised was from his comic book collection. Oh my lord! Four grand was from two cars that got wiped out in the nor'easter floods. Oh no. That Jamie Hughes, he was just like, you're not going to get any money from these cars. So Jamie, all the money was under Jamie Hughes' name. And then when he got the check for eight grand, cut him off four. And that went into Clerks. So the, the production of this is sort of, I'm getting shades of uh, Don Quixote here. Like, yeah. It was just, it, the fact that this thing exists is miraculous on its own. Yeah, he was determined to make the movie. But again, it, a lot of things went his way. And it, there was a, there was an absolute chance that he nothing would have come of this. He would have spent 20, the rest of his life paying off that 27 grand debt, working in quick stop. Most probably would have had to got a second job. Carl. Yeah. Explain the View Askew Productions logo. All right, the introduction. Yeah. Um, that, Explain yourself, Carl. That, no, that's not me. Explain himself, <laughs> Carl. Explain Kevin Smith's self. Um, it was... It was one of those things where he needed a title card, and for some reason he went with a naked clown while the kid's batting a ball in front of him. Now I'm going to leave for no reason. <laughs> Ugh, really? It was just... Yeah, that, that, that They was... needed a title card, and he was like, here's, a, here's an a idea. A guy designed it for him, if memory serves, and it was too late to change it. And oh, just no. like It'll do. No, In his mind at the time, no one's really ever going to see this again. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that title card sort of put me off for the first 10 minutes of the movie, if I'm honest. But didn't Love Him, Love, Love Him on the Freaks' his Clerks not get you into the movie? A little bit, but it's... it's... Obviously, the film opens up with... Uh... It opens up with this weird title card with... If you haven't seen it, just... I can't even explain it. Look it up. It's not as good as The Room's title card, which are three different uh, types of entrance music for the Tommy Wiseau's movie companies. Yeah. All of them are Wiseau productions, but they're three different versions. And everything is done by Tommy Wiseau. Everything's done by Tommy Wiseau. I, I want to... He's the most someday. names in the credits I've ever is seen. It, is it bad that I've seen the intro sting for that and then immediately went, right, I'm out, and then haven't watched the rest of the movie? Because it was like, I get it. It's funny. I'm you're, leaving you're, now. You're doing yourself a disservice not watching the room. Are we adding it to the list? Yes, I'd we're adding it to the list. Yeah, but uh, this time uh, it opens on a dude waking up in his wardrobe in the closet. Mm. That's not a metaphor. But it's, he literally rolls out the closet to a phone call to being told that he has to go to work. This is Dante, and the closet is his first circle of hell. Yes. Yeah. Basically, being stuck in the closet is Dante's first circle of hell. He's not gay. He has a girlfriend. No, I mean, literally, he was stuck in the closet and fell out of the closet to answer the phone to his boss who wants him to come in on his day off. Yes. He is not happy about this. And he has to, as long as somebody's in before two, so he can go to hockey. 
yeah, he has a scheduled hockey game. He's got stuff going on because he planned things on his day off. He is a productive member of society. Which we all do. Yeah. Uh, but he ends up, and then we get the montage of him getting ready, um, drinking cold coffee mixed with milk out of a... Oh, wait, wait, I have a checklist. Yep. Doc Martens. Check. Yep. 90s. Drinking cereal from something not intended for that purpose. Check. No, it's coffee. He's drinking co- coffee and milk. He's coffee po- and milk out of, like, a cookie jar's lid. Yeah. Okay, so Check. he's... He, he's caffeinated. I'm going to call it coffee and cereal are interchangeable yeah. for this purpose, of but course. that's a check on mm-hmm. the checklist. Stealing from newspaper vending machines. Check. Yep, because the date is the uh, whatever newspaper wasn't delivered to the store, so he just goes to a nearby um, newspaper distributor and just steals it. Yep. To sell in his store. Goatee and oversized overshirt. Check. 90s. General sense of existential ennui presented as small town stagnation. Check. What you We're in the 90s, ladies and gentlemen. We've correctly located our decade. And then, of course, it also the gum stuck in the locks. Yeah, so someone stuck gum in the locks, preventing him from opening it up. I guarantee you this was... They had the location, but no one had the keys for those locks, so they just turned it into part of the script. No. Uh, no? What You're it was kidding. is, um, the, obviously, Kevin Smith worked at Quick, Quick Stop during the day, and Quick Stop was open, as it says, as it's slated on the sign. It's open from 7 in the morning till 10 at night. And Kevin would usually work the whole day. Then once the store closed, they'd film at night, this, all the stuff inside the store. But they couldn't, obviously, didn't want to explain why, it's, why scenes that are happening during the day, during this one day, are in darkness. So he just wrote into the script that there was gum in the shutters so they could have the shutters down while they were, were obviously... The so early closed. morning, they do the shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, during, so, so they were, I think it was filmed over a month. It did occur. It, it seemed to me like one of those uh, resource decisions because yeah. this is starting to feel to me like a resource film. Mm-hmm. That's the for those of you who don't know what that means. A resource film, the, the way you would normally do a Hollywood film, you get the script, you get the people involved, you get everything sort of moving and involved and pre-production and all of that. And then you figure out, right, what's the budget for this? Set the budget and do whatever you're doing. Kevin That's Smith, a Smith. little different to what Smith did. Kevin Smith's definition of that now is um, uh, for me to tell a story, I need two, mi- I need twenty million dollars in Ben Affleck. Right. Um, but back then, it was I've got my friends, I've got this store, these two stores that I can film in front of or in at night. Literally, you look at what resources do you have as a mm-hmm. filmmaker, and you use those resources. Can you use a location that is free for you? Can mm-hmm. you set the in this in his case, it's he has the shop he I, works at, I, so he films there. I think he had to give a little bit of money to his bosses at the time, but I think they were just taking it out of his like work check, just sure. just just for the electric. I, I mean, think, there was I think he had to pay for the utilities that he was using over the night. There was a budget, like mm. there was twenty seven thousand bucks of budget, so you mm-hmm. can pay people, but it's you don't. The the idea is, uh, I have a camera, three microphones, six actors, quote unquote actors, mm-hmm. and that's what I have to well, work cu- with. A couple of them were professional actors. They oh, they held auditions. Not not to say this one specifically, but in general, for example, you mm. might start as a filmmaker with a couple of things, and you know, you look at this is the equipment and resources I have, including sets, whatever. What can I get on the cheap? What can I get people to donate? What can I get to blag? Whatever. And then you make your movie around those limitations. You, mm-hmm. you barely show up with a script, yeah. right? You might show up with a vague idea of what you want to make. But well, I quite like that style of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot more of it on YouTube with the rise of the amateur filmmaker. And there's some great stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm now, having seen this, figuring, well, there's going to be a lot of people who are inspired by this going, well, I can do better than that. 
and that and Kevin Smith um, quotes that all the time. People, he always takes it when people say, "Oh, I, I, you're the reason I got into filmmaking," is just because he thinks people go, "Well, I can make a movie better than this." Or more to the point, like even if you can't make it better, you can be like, "Well, shit, the dude had like a black and white camera and six hours on a Sunday. Mm. Like, I, I have that. Yeah, I can do something like that. Let's go." It did, it did lead to the rise of these kind of movies because um, the reason Kevin Smith wrote Clerks was because um, he didn't see him and his friends represented in the cinema. Mm. Like in movies, there wasn't a movie about 20-somethings who don't really know where they're going in life. Um, Gen Xers, generally. Yeah, right? and, and uh, spend their time shooting the shit about pop culture, which is a lot happens a lot in this movie, and we'll get to those discussions. Definitely, yeah. I've but the, um, we talk about the first customer that we see, which is a um, a man who just wants to drink his coffee at the till point, and the kid comes in. And nothing buys. nothing else weird happens. No. He, so the next scene is... No. <laughs> a, a guy comes in ask, uh, get, looking for a pack of cigarettes, and the guy drinking his coffee is just like, are you sure you, you want those cigarettes? You sure about that? You sure, but you sure yeah. you want those? And then proceeds to present him with a diseased lung from his bag that yeah. he just carries around with Ca- him. And, and a trach ring that yeah. was out of an 85-year-old gentleman's throat. That is uh, short for tracheotomy ring. Yeah. Tracheostomy? Tracheotomy, I think is. Well, otomy would be you take it out. Tracheostomy, I think, is when you put a hole in it. You would know better than I would. Uh, yeah, so if you if you happen to be a tracheal surgeon, mm. then I don't know. Send us, send us angry things on Twitter. It's a, it's a plastic ring that they put in your throat when your voice box don't work no more. Yeah. And apparently it's, the guy... Um, so it convinces the kid enough to not buy... Instead, he buys a very specific brand Chuli, of gum. Chuli's gum. Chuli's gum. He asks the guy to leave. The guy refuses. Dante is yeah. a merchant of death. Yeah. <laughs> Who rightfully gets th- cigarettes thrown, thrown at, at him. him. Cancer merchant. He's a cancer merchant. He's a cancer merchant. I'm convinced, Carl. Yeah. I've been convinced since that guy showed me the lung. Yep. That's a dedicated. That's a dedication, man. And then one of my favorite characters in this movie turns up to break up the mob with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, Ripley shows up. No, it's Veronica. I know. <laughs> it, it definitely reminded me of... Uh, Rip, Ripley from Alien. Yeah, that's what I was making reference mm. to. I can make a pop culture reference. reference. <laughs> I have done this once. It's all good, man. Uh, but she's like, who's in this mob? And then that's when we find out the guy with the lung and the thing is a Chuli's gum representative. He's just trying to sell gum. Yeah. In the... W- it's a weird way to sell so gum. gum. I mean, it's I, a really weird pitch. I mean, I, I granted you're trying to get this. It is a part of the gum market is trying at the time. Definitely was trying to get the cigarette market because you could still smoke everywhere in the early 90s. Most places. Yeah. Yeah. North America. Certainly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was still allowed in, I think it's still allowed in like casinos. I think restaurants were introducing smoking and non-smoking sections, but you could still generally smoke in restaurants and bars. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really in the States. In Canada, when I was little, I, m- I moved to the UK in like 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely remember like I'd go to McDonald's with my family and there would be a glassed off section that was the smoking section. Mm-hmm. But we, we're Canada, so we've yeah. always taken stuff like that a bit more seriously. Of course. Particularly where children are involved. We're like, even if there's a chance, maybe like smoke in the other room, fellas. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all it is. But uh, I remember taking a smoking flight at one point. It was okay. one of the last routes in North America that had smoking flights. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think it was like Montreal on Toronto or something. And I just felt so sick. I was like eight years old or something. Where I grew up in pubs where kids were smoke, where people were smoking. With kids with smoke. Yeah, well, kids, kids some, were smoking. Some kids were smoking. I'm That's awful. Lie, I'm not going to lie to you. What kind of horrendous, awful scumbag person would do such a thing? A butter churn pub in the night. We should find them. Nah, they're gone now. Mm. <laughs> Hocked up a lung. Uh, but no, oh, that's where he got it. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, but then we obviously get the relationship, which we start establishing Dante's relationship with Veronica. Yeah. He shouldn't even be here today. He shouldn't have been there today. He shouldn't have been. The, Why the, is he even here? I, I, I do love the experiment and it's true because I have done it in certain places I work. If you leave a sign of money for people to, um, get stuff like you, you're being watched, honestly, through paranoia, yeah. it's true. If you gen- generally people nowadays, who they, if there's nobody there, they assume they're being watched. I mean, again, I'm Canadian, so for me, it's like a normal thing to have an honesty shop. Yeah. Right? Like, you can just open the shop and leave for the day and mm-hmm. say, like, please pay the correct amount. And people generally And people will, will pretty much... I'm also from a country where the most frequent result of a break-in is, a, like, a kid will steal a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of booze and leave. Yeah. Right? Like, it's... <laughs> I'm from... Whereas, that's where I'm from, where, right? Where, whereas I'm, whereas I grew up in not long, not far out of Croydon, and people were wrenching ATMs out of the wall. Yeah, just for fun, just with cars, chains, yeah. and wrenching out ATMs. Uh, I mean, you got to admire the the think the scale there. Like they watched, um, what was it with Michael Caine and the heist? Oh, Italian job. Yeah, they watched Italian job and went like, "Well, I know what I'm doing with my life." Uh, That's what I want to do. And, and of course, uh, Dante is an attentive boyfriend painting his girlfriend Veronica's nails. It's a really sweet moment, actually, which yeah. is weird given the filthy, filthy conversation. Oh, yeah. Talking about um, how to please men and women in the bedroom. Yeah. And like arguing about like, which is harder to please a man or a woman? And she's like quite authoritatively saying, mm, I don't know, man. I think it's a little bit more difficult to meet, please a man than you're giving it credit for. Like, yeah. You just have the, to show the, up. Yeah. Show up. Turns uh, out. Insert into our, our first preferably moist um, repeat god it's it's a filthy filthy scene but also it's not the filthiest scene in this movie. no it's not and it's also really sweet actually yeah it's, it's just a nice the, it's a couple's it's it's a, a genuine couple relationship a, a lot of people kevin smith can write a good a good relationship or a realistic relationship this is what i like about the way it's portrayed because like isn't this the kind if you've been with someone for a year isn't this the kind of conversation you might have with them when you've been intimate with somebody for a year yeah it's conceivable yeah and these are both people who are super comfortable with this kind of talk i i think it on screen it's a little gross the way it was presented but and at the time even kevin smith when he first watched it um at the new york film festival where it debuted he was just like why are they swearing so much right because he didn't because he wrote he obviously he wrote the script and wrote all that swearing into it but he's like i don't think i've said this much swearing in my life and these guys are just effing and blinding well that's more of a british globally blinding blinding is that effing and blinding if it's like effing and jeffing you know just constantly swearing so is that how you with the eye yeah well it's it's actually someone swore so hard at you that i lost an eye yeah that's canon now yeah, okay. it's cool. It's one of the continuing stories of how I lost my eye on this podcast. I'm I'm going to maintain D- we should was never a... actually tell anybody. We should just let the mythology I think grow. I have I think Stu had me, <laughs> but that's old PCP. Yeah. Uh, so cut to Beavis and Daria. Ah, yes. We yep. are introduced to the two iconic Kevin Smith characters that have that will appear in every movie except for Jersey Girl at this point. They appear in Dogma. They're in Dogma. They're really in, yeah. 
They are the they are the prophets. Really? Two of them. God, I need to see Dogma now. We're what? adding it to the list. One of them will talk at length as much as you as much as you don't want him to. The other doesn't say much. The other doesn't say much. Yeah. He has the best line in this movie, but others don't say much. Yeah, we'll so get to that line. We're introduced to Jay and Silent Bob, which are local weed dealers. Uh, Jay is based on Jay Muse at age 16. And Silent Bob was uh, just a character so Kevin Smith could be in the movie, really. Yeah, pretty much. But now we're sort of cutting back and forth from them smoking outside to the smoking that, guy and the conversation. Yeah. They're sort of interspersed as inserts anywhere in the movie. I think they're just adding moments of levity during oh, certain yeah. points because they are the comic relief of this, truly the comic relief of this movie. They're a little bit the comic relief, but it's also, uh, I've been, it's it, cool that the insert shots are not always shot reverse shot on a character having a conversation and then insert of both of them speaking. It's yeah. insert of like guys outside smoking yeah. as a sort of over, like they keep establishing shots. It's kind of great. Every, every other couple of minutes, there's an establishing shot just by accident, almost. Yeah. It's kind of great. I hope that was done deliberately, because it it's kind of genius. Yeah. Um, Gives it a good sense of place, because uh, having lived small town North America, it's there are definitely people who just spend all day hanging out outside the oh, no, you, store. Because you, in a small town, there is nothing else. To be honest with you, there's still a lot of that culture here. You do get, um, especially going through Croydon High Street after schools are breaking out, there's always a group in front of each McDonald's in that high street. Like always just crowded around, just standing in front of them. I was also a teenager in London. I do get that. Yeah, but still. Yeah, I never from, did that. I yeah. never hung out in front of like a shop or anything. I, had I a hung out of, in a comic book shop in my late teens. But that's yeah. only that's because I was a diehard into comics. Are you, are you seeing sort of early 20s you in Clerks at all? Or is it real specifically North American? Uh, there is a little bit, especially I saw that I was introduced to Clerk at 15. And I identified even at that age so much with Dante. Hmm. As much as I, I now wish I was Randall, I was definitely the Dante in most of the situations, especially in my friend's group. If you, if you had to, if it was me and Dan, Dan's clearly Randall. I think both of you are kind of both. Um, I, on the I am more Dan. I am more Dante than Randall. Dan is oh, very maybe. much Randall. Yeah, maybe. Uh, he has literally wrangled into rooms before. In the sense that insecurity is your second circle yeah. of hell, yeah. it is also Dante's second yes. circle of hell. Because he finds out after Willem... 37. Yes, 37 dicks. Uh, Willem comes including into- his. Including his. That's oh, a cool detail because anytime he brings it up, it's 36. Yeah. He doesn't include himself. He, he no, 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 no. He, he, um, him and Veronica are talking about how many partners they've had after yeah. Willem comes in. He finds out he calls Willem Snowball. Yeah. And she reveals that's a term where once a yeah, gentleman yeah, yeah, has... We, we know. Once a gentleman has accomplished a fact... And released his man relishes into a lady... Oh, mouth. God, it's somehow more filthy in <laughs> Britishisms. And the lady then takes said man relish and... His gentleman relish. In, and sits it back into his mouth. Ugh! It's called snowballing. Well, I learned a thing. And he, and he finds... And then Dante thinking, oh, your friend did that to him. That's so gross. Like, no, I, I, I've done that to him, which like, leads to... But the, that wasn't part of your... You said three, including me. He wasn't part of the other two. Who the hell? Yeah, because he, he slept, like, no, he no, slept no. with 12 women. She slept with three guys, including him. Yeah. And it's revealed that though she would not go all the way with guys, she would go to third base. Isn't third... Or I think we're second. talking second base here. Second base is... 
touching the is it yeah third bases or third bases or four, obviously four and then home run is whatever is the what's a know. grand slam um anal <laughs> oh man walked right into that one backwards you can, you can do i wouldn't, rec- <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it um and then it so obviously needs the 37 dicks and it's why i'm sorry guys it's we're talking about clerks there's no avoiding the filthy jokes we're oh yeah this gonna is, have this to is, indulge this, ourselves every as i said it's this is a show on this network everything has an explicit tag because we're going to talk about it as not as well as we can then of course um veronica gets upset because she says like she reveals she's sucked 36 guys off then of course it's 37 including dante uh she goes out and then storms out and then shouts um a guy comes in to the shop it's like my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row he's not impressed by this no and then a guy standing outside the shop veronica walks past and she's like try not to suck any dick through the parking lot and then the guy looks very excited and goes "Ooh," and then follows veronica and he's like hey get back here That's a lovely scene. Yeah. I sort of, I'm almost don't want to, I, I'm assuming that we don't need to give spoiler alert for what is a scene by scene breakdown of. A yeah, movie. no, no, no. This is what this film is. It's, it's, yeah. it's getting your view on it whilst, whilst breaking down the movie. Yeah. I, I, at this point, I still don't think I was super in yet. I was still sort of I like, I'm it, waiting for something lo- to happen. A lot of people, when I talk to them about this movie, it's when a certain character comes into it, they start getting a bit more grip. Yeah, speaking of which, Randall shows up. Oh no, no, no. We we have a gentleman in the um in the quick stop trying to ask why RST video isn't open. Oh yeah, that guy. Who's trying to return the tape. And yeah, he's not impressed. He's not impressed with the the lackadaisical antics of a Mr. Randall. He wrangles into the shop and Randall has is is one of these guys is like his he's gonna be happy working in RST for the rest of his life. He's, he's sort of happy doing whatever. He's content. Yeah. He's in a job where he can literally fuck about with people and he'll never lose his job. He, if, he, if he, he hasn't lost it yet. Yeah, he won't lose it. He's actually based on um, Kevin Smith's friend, Brian Johnson, who in later films will be known as Steve Dave. Steve Dave? Steve Dave. Tell him, Steve Dave. Um it, that's a play by another friend who you also see we've seen this movie he was the Eggman, who's walter walter flanagan i don't remember him in sonic yes um brian johnson literally worked with kevin in our in quick stop for a while and he was the kind of person that would get like you know the star pla- like the, the day glow star things like you put sale items on oh yeah he would he would I hate those he would take a pack of butter and then just put new into debt new new in stock on this butter in front of the things and people would and just to see if people would buy it just because it had a new like new in store it's the butter they've always sold yeah. since the store opened and they sold more butter that week just because it was like that he would just he would just fuck with people yeah i mean i'm convinced most of retail is stuff like that i spent a whole saturday working in the early learning center instead of when, at the end of every transaction you so say thank you and have a nice day yeah i got bored and realized people weren't listening or weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd test this theory out. I spent a whole Saturday going, thank you, praise Satan. I think nobody clocked. 
for the not, whole not day. A I didn't get not, not a single complaint, not a single person raised That's, an eyebrow. Wow. My manager clocked on beforehand. Yeah. And went to me, you can't say stuff like that. Well, my supervisor, my manager yeah. would have got, I would have got in trouble. But my supervisor was like, dude, you can't say that, man. You know, you, 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 you're, you're taking the piss now. I went, dude, I've been doing it since half nine this morning. This is about one in the afternoon. Yeah. I've been doing it since half nine this morning and no one's batting nine. It's like, there's no way you've gotten away with it for that long. And I went, give me half an hour. Yeah. And I continued doing it. He just let me continue. Doing That's it. hilarious. I was I was still doing my job. I was still getting birthday club stuff, which is like the incentive yeah. thing in our work. Yeah. So it was just like, dude, if you're still doing your job and not getting away with it, just have fun. I spent an afternoon at one point mm-hmm. replacing orange stickers that said now on sale by 20% mm-hmm. with yellow stickers that said new on sale 20% and we increased our sales. Yeah. Because people it's, thought they were getting a brand new bug. Well, yeah, exactly. But it was the same price as always. Retail is terrible. Yeah. I, I got very close to becoming a Dante, just mm. like... I, I, became, I became a Dante in the early learning center. I fear I became a Dante when I worked in retail. Uh, uh, the organization still exists. I'm not... I don't care. I can, I I'm can, not giving them publicity. Uh, I can say early learning center because they're all but gone. They're a feature in Mothercare, but I think they're being abolished from Mothercare because Mothercare is going in. Evidently toilet. good. Yeah. Because I've heard stories. Yeah. Retail is awful. Shop online. Yeah. Uh, as much as I, I, I still love brick and mortar, I still like walking into a shop. Depends on the shop. It's special. There's a lot of shops that don't need it's, to do shops. It's specialist stuff, though. It's like comic books and figure it's mainly like stuff that i want to see physically because i don't mm. trust an online image of stuff especially statuettes for me it's bags if i need to buy a bag i one. need to buy i need to put things i need to put my hands upon the bag and open up the pouches and the, the one i use my satchel was an online purchase my tom not tom bait my Ted Baker one but yep. again it was one of those ones that the pictures were like opened up like someone holding the bag open shoes 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 I cannot buy shoes online. I refuse. I can't. I wear, I've been wearing Converse since I was 13, so I'm good. You can't yeah. go wrong. They're exactly the same every time. Yeah, all the... But Randall! Yeah, Randall. Randall's great. Yeah. Randall works next door and does not care. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Ra- originally, Kevin Smith was going to play Randall. That's why Randall has the best lines. Really? But he realized he's not an actor. And then when Je- Jeff... Uh, Anderson, the guy who plays Randall, actually came in and auditioned to, to play Jay. Oh yeah, because yeah, I could it wasn't that. confirmed that Jay Muse was going to play the character. Because I could see that, but um, yeah, and then he was just he was offered Randall because of how good his audition was for Jay. Yeah, Randall's a cool case because this is one of these cases of the delivery being real stilted a lot of the time. It does not matter. It's very dry. Yeah, and occasionally it sounds non-actory. This is all I mean by stilted. I don't mean it in a negative, just in the in the way of like a bit stiff. Yeah, right? a bit stiff, a bit rehearsed. A bit, they've rehearsed it clearly, but they haven't internalized it as. Oh, they had a whole, one. They had a whole month of rehearsals before the, the film. They they just ran the script. Sure. Yeah. All, all I mean to say is. Uh, it doesn't seem actorly, if that makes sense. No, it Jeff, seems Jeff, amateur in a lovely way. This was Jeff Anderson's. First, a lot of these guys, it was their first movie. Well, this is what I. Well, mean, I yeah. think it was Jeff Anderson, Jeff and Jay's first time acting in anything. I want to stress again. I like it. Mm. It just doesn't like. I would not imagine a seasoned actor giving such a performance. I no. don't even know that they'd be capable of it anymore. No. If you asked Brad Pitt to give this kind of performance, oh no, I don't know if he'd be capable of it. Uh, maybe, 
maybe with preparation, but I think they'd have to use amateur. They don't live in that. They don't. They don't live in that world. Exactly right. That's the thing. There's this. A, is, this is very much people who lived this life. Yeah, in, in a way, why this is, there's a realism to some of the things they're saying. To most of it, I'd yeah. say, yeah, because I mean, it, they have a conversation Dante and Randall about Dante's relationships, and it turns and he's still pining for his ex for some reason. I, Veronica's great, no. but he somehow Caitlin, Caitlin's the Caitlin is the we, he's about to marry an old flame. Yeah, he's about to marry an Asian design major, an ancient design major, Asian design, Asian major. design major. Yeah, I think they get that wrong a couple of times too, don't they? Yeah, it, it is yeah. Asian design major, which is literally because one of Kevin Smith's first love interest went on to marry a uh, Asian design major. Looking back, I could see that now. Yeah, I probably should have clocked on that. Um, well, um, when it was... Yeah, because he, he read... He's engaged. He reads Oops. in the paper that it's, it's announced that he's engaged. She's engaged. Yeah, the four of them need to have a talk. Yeah. That's a great line. <laughs> That's a great line. You guys know the line I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Kevin... Uh, but ben, yeah, Veronica is great, and Dante doesn't seem to get that, because being self-absorbed is... His third circle mm. of Dante's hell. Well, it's, it is that he's so focused on his own life that he doesn't realize the great things he has around him. And Veronica is definitely... She's killer, man. She's I, she's a girl... That, again, it was a, I'm not spoiling the line, but Kevin Smith's line... Bob's line amalgamates it brilliantly. Later on, but, I, yeah. but when we get to it... We we'll need to, to lead it. up to that, yeah. because there's a couple of little turning points that lead up even to this turning point that we're talking about, mm. and that needs its own... Yeah, yeah. We're going to let well, that one breathe. But, um, but this is prefacing that somewhat. Olaf shows up. Yes. Metal face berserker. This is um, uh, this is Bob's cousin, Silent Bob's cousin, Olaf. His Russian cousin, Olaf. Yes. This is based on something that him and Jay used to do when they used to go, were boarding like, the malls. Is that Jay would pretend to be Russian, yeah, and just say random words in Russian, which aren't real. I'm pretty Skrelnik sure is not a Russian. No, word. I'm sure that Olaf has not actually said any Russian words. All of his dialogue is English or a random grunt. Yeah, well, he sings in English because he's part of a metal band. Yeah, they're going to go to the big city. Yeah, not any particular big city. Just there's only one, the big city. Oh yeah, which is in this case because it's New Jersey. It's New. It's New York City. Is oh, is this based in Jersey? Yeah, it's in Red Bank, New Jersey. This oh, okay, is literally yeah. those stores still exist. You can still go to RST Video and Quick Stop. Okay, then there's some details later that I'll point out, which are quite fun. Yeah. So yeah, he's re- performing his thing like, oh yeah, sing your metal song, dude. It's called Berserker, and they actually recorded that once the film got picked up. They recorded the track with Olaf. Singing. Yeah, and the version I saw has that song in it. It's, yes, as part of the soundtrack. That's good. it's quite brilliant. Berserker, and it's like he's not even good. It's no, hilarious. It's not it's great. Like, it's not great. Berserker. Yeah, I'm like my, yeah. My, the lines are: "My love for you is like a truck berserker. Would you like some achy fuck berserker?" Did she, did he just say making fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he performs this to two two to snowball young, two young women and snowball's there. Yeah, snowball is there, and his reaction is priceless, which is my favorite line in the movie. He's, what do you want, Grizzly Adams? No, no, not yet. He oh. he hears Berserker and goes, "That's beautiful, oh, man. man. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful." Man. Which is like. As a metal fan, I'll say I've heard that before. Like, oh, but what if, what if uh, you know, can can metal be beautiful? And I'm like, eh, yeah. Apocalypta. Apocalyptica, definitely. Mm-hmm. But even uh, even if we ignore the I instrumentation s- change, I'll tell you, um, one Black Sabbath, the first Sabbath record, Paranoid, mm-hmm. had, a, had a ballad on there. 
It had a fucking ballad. Mm. Are we going to say that's not metal? No. More recently, things like uh, Opeth's Pale Communion, 2015, I think. That was a gorgeous Vermi- album. Vermilion Part 2 by Slipknot. Agreed. Totally agreed. They, they, there is, so as much as in 94, what was metal, it was pretty much, you know, Pantera was doing their thing. They, they were the Pante- Pantera and... Metallica was pretty big in 94. I think we were pre... We, we were pre-load, I think. Pre-load, Black Album, Riding High, I think. No, wait, we were post-load. Load was in the 80s. Uh, Pre-Black Album, because Black Album was 95. So, we, we, they, but they, that means they're dropping the sync, they'll be starting to drop the singles at this point from the Black Album. Yeah, I mean, Metallica's been around for a oh while yeah at this point and you know anyway that we're not talking about that no, but no, ju- no. just to say what was metal in 94 it was not opeth it was not mm-hmm. uh scandy metal scandy metal wasn't a thing yet Mm-mm. you know there were some scene stuff around uh gothenburg and wherever else but it wasn't really a thing well this in North this, this this missed uh this soundtrack has uh love among the freaks alice in chains you know it's it's very metal soundtrack. it's ex- uh, is alice in chains metal i don't know i'd say it's, it's say it's hardcore at least not mm, hard rock sure hard rock definitely it's every rock anyway, metals what metals whatever it's got at least every six genre, metals every every genre is fluid at this point pretty much genres are sort of pointless if you start trying to do them too much it's just a convenient way to talk obliquely about a group of musicians Where, whereas acidic dew reggae is still one of my favorite things to bust out on people acid dew reggae acidic dew reggae oh acidic yeah acidic yeah I, I heard acidic yeah, and no, i'm no. like that's way better acid no. acid dew no no it's acidic dew reggae acid it's matthias yahoo who's brilliant he's really good is it bad that i now want to find acid Acid Jew Reggae. You could find it. SoundCloud's Jesus. a hell of a thing. It really is. If, uh, if someone's making this, please someone tell me on Twitter because I'm fascinated. That sounds amazing. Uh, right. So we've met Olaf. We're back in the store. The conversation is workers on the Death Star. Not yet, no, because a word of advice. Sometimes you got to let those hard-to-reach chips go. Oh, yes. It's the guy with the Pringle can stuck in his hand. <sighs> and it's, of course, who's going to help Dante? Yeah. Dante, evidently this is what he chooses to do, is help people. Why didn't he tip the can up? I'm also confused, but how do you get your hands? Just tick the... I'm so... You don't even need to let the chips go. You just have to turn the can over. It's not that hard to get the bottom chips. I'm still blessed with skinny hands, so I can still get into Pringle Tube. Not ring... That's why we bring you on heists, dear. Yep. I've got small hands. Good for thieving. Uh, Good for thieving and sexy, sexy heists. Sexy high. Sexy crimes. Sexy crimes. Don't, there is a comic book series called Sex Crimes, which is brilliant. Yeah, but they're not two guys. Two these two guys have set these two people meet each other, have sex, and time freezes for half an hour, so they become bank robbers. Oh, that's funny. Oh, it's good. It's very good. Oh man, do we need to do a comics for Paul? I, I, I recommend. Se- I do recommend Sex Criminals. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm still working through a couple of ones you gave. Anyway, no worries. More importantly, though, Return of the Jedi, all of this stuff happening to Dante, all of his trials and tribulations, not quite as important as the, I'll call it the Tarantino conversation, because I don't know which one came first. Tarantino Uh, had talk about hamburgers. Oh, this is, uh, that's Pulp Fiction. That's Pulp Fiction, yeah. Which is 94 as well. So this, Reservoir Dogs would have come out at this point. So it would have been the Madonna conversation. Yeah, true. Yeah, Yeah. Also, I haven't seen that. You've not seen, you've never seen Reservoir? No, it's on the list. Oh yeah, no, no, you'll love Reservoir. If you enjoy, have you seen Pulp Fiction? You've seen, yeah, I've seen Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. It's a similar kinship to that. It's just, it's, um, the, it's that conversation that certain nerds have had over time is like all the people that were working on the second Death Star. Yeah, they're contractors. They're They're, contractors. They do not, even the Imperial, even the Empire. 
Imperial you, Empire doesn't even have that much manpower. Do you think don't. a stormtrooper knows how to fix a water main? No, I don't. I also <laughs> am confused about why they would need a roofer inside the Death Star or an aluminum cider. Well, we, but I mean, well, he, okay. he's a contractor and he and he gives his story about nearly working for the mob and his friend got the job and got killed. Yeah, literally another character appears and says, hey, listen, excuse me. Uh, so to this quandary of were they innocent victims on the Death Star or were they not innocent death victims to the Death Star? Yeah, we understand who we're working for. You get that, right? Well, like we choose who we work for. Mm hmm. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand that, right? You, you choose your own destiny. And that's a theme that on the second watch through, because uh, again, mm -hmm. the way that I watch these is I watch it once just for fun in my yeah. case last night. And then today afternoon, we're recording this. I've watched it again this morning and I took notes and wrote jokes, right? Yeah. Because I, it's important to me to get the honest, just like, I'm going to make some popcorn and enjoy it. Yeah. I saw your bucket downstairs. My bucket. Yeah. There's a pop, there was a popcorn bucket on your side. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like popcorn a little bit, a bit too much. It's a problem. That's all right, man. It, oh, people at my old work were obsessed with it, but the skinny popcorn, you know, their the, the calorie oh. counters and how much sin points food is worth. I learned a lot about the food I was eating. Yeah, I mean, I may or may not have added like 100 grams of butter to it. Good boy. You know, it makes sense. Uh, I never do this. I do this for the show and that. Anyway, all right, my but, eating habits aside, oh God, I'm eating out of a bucket. What is my problem in life? No, it's, it's not as good as Eight Crowd when he's like a bucket of fried chicken and it's an actual bucket, not like a cardboard bucket. I haven't really watched that show, but I like that joke. Um, what is yeah, it? The Return of the Jedi, the, they have Contract a whole conversation time. about this. And I like this kind of conversation in a movie as bits of characterization and theming because the theming of the conversation is a microcosm for the whole film, isn't it? Because yeah. it's it's all about who is the one making your choices for you who is in charge of who is at fault for the situation you're in did the contractors on the death star choose to be there or were they unwitting yeah pawns and something i mean for my money personal opinion i mean what do you reckon about that uh are they innocent and i i i go with the contractors like you choose if you if if if, a, if the empire asked me say i was a contractor they are i i'm i'm good at shield generators just as a Pull from because it's the, relative. the empire needs a podcast. Yeah, oh, Earl, get over here. No, there's the nuts. It's the Nazi party. Um, no, there are Star Wars podcasts. Trust me. In in the no, but I mean like literally. For the, the empire. empire calls you up. No, says, I wouldn't do like, it. Wouldn't do it. Carl of Tatooine. Ah, nah, I'm more of a bez. I'm more of a bezbin kind of guy. Cloud City. Cloud City for life. Lando. 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 Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you're not wrong, but whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I thought about it. I'm like, I don't know, man. The Imperial Empire, what's the chance that those were slave labor, though? Right? Are those contractors or well, are those this like... Is, they're not using clones at that point. It how much proof. choice do they really have, though? Is this like a, the Empire requires you to do work you, or no, you, your you, family You willingly dies? join the Empire. It's as proven in Solo, in Solo, you can, you join the Empire. It's not like you're recruited and it's not like the First Order where they abduct you as children. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in that case, I'm with you. I, I was just trying to figure, is there another angle to it? Is is this, like, effectively... Is this no, de facto it, forced consider, labor because, like, this not is all... doing it is, like, let's not work for the Roman Empire. Okay, we're going to invade your town next week. Yeah. Ah, okay. There could have been a bit of that, but I think it is more that I've seen... This is also just... Kevin's also going to by the expanded... The extended universe. In the that, extended universe. Yeah. But because uh, this is pre, this is pre prequels. 
Yeah. This is years. This is this is way five, five years pre prequel. Yeah, first prequel was ninety eight to ninety nine. Winter ninety eight, was that right? No, ninety nine. Oh, was it okay, yeah. yeah it was summer ninety nine. Summer ninety nine. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety eight the winter ninety eight's the um when the guy who was dying of cancer broke Before into it. broke into uh uh Skywalker Ranch to watch the print, which was adapted into the movie Fanboys. It was before the dark times. Uh, uh, yeah, but with the last line of fanboys. But wait, what if the movie sucks? No, no, no it can't. Wars, it can't. It can't possibly. Not with Saint Lucas. Uh, not with Saint Lucas of he's Pasadena. He's never done us wrong. Where, where is Skywalker Ranch? I don't know. It's in California. Yeah, Saint Saint George of uh, of Skywalker Ranch. Saint George of Skywalker. Interesting fact. That's what Kevin Smith got married to his wife. Was at Skywalker Ranch when, oh, he was no doing, when he was doing the mixing for. Dog mouth chasing chasing me. Side note: that is a bucket list studio. Oh yeah, that is a beautiful studio. I'd love to do some work there someday. Yeah. So if you're listening, George Lucas, I'll have a T-shirt. I think he's got enough to spare. Man's a merch machine. Carl, yes. Are these movies any good? Yes. Oh, oh god, yes. Oh god. Um, the list. The the woman who's trying to get happy scrappy hero. Pup. They never. They never tell you on the box. No. Whether it's any good. <laughs> yeah what about this one yeah it's great it's the exact same movie you haven't looked up from your paper no i have not <laughs> no it's it's a great scene because it's just like we've all had customers like that if yeah. you've ever worked retail and you haven't seen this movie or you know somebody who's it's one yes. of those it's one of those it's one of those films okay. when i started in retail i recommended people to watch i see i worked retail for about five years and i kind of wish i'd seen this during then because maybe i hmm. would have wasted a lot fewer years in retail maybe oh, there's that i saw it year th- which well, I saw it when I was six. So my first year in retail, and I was still in retail till I was twenty three. Mm. But I I was very much more embittered near in the last four years. I was, I was more jaded. Uh, I think it was more because I worked in a kids' toy shop. Yeah, and kids came as as my, I, I adore. I think kids are great. They're the future. But kids want when they want a toy, and you don't have the toy, and you're the man who's supposed to have the toy. You don't want to be that guy, especially at Christmas. I've ruined 14 kids' Christmases, personally, because I didn't have the toy. For those of you not playing at home, uh, Carl is smiling like the Grinch. Oh, I'm pretty I told- sure his heart just shrank three sizes. Oh, I, to- I told kids that there was no Santa. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. Jesus Christ, mate. Yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I was, again, bitter. That's Very pretty bad, bitter. man. I'm not proud of it. That's pretty bad. I'm not proud of it. I mean, you shouldn't be, but also I'm glad you're not there anymore. Yeah, so I'm not. Both in that place mentally and also in that place physically, because yeah. whatever. Well, it's not there anymore. Any of the... Uh, Evidently, good! <laughs> uh, so... So this guy's going through all the eggs, looking for the perfect dozen. Yes. Which, again, heavy-handed theming that I somehow didn't pick up on That is in the first watch through. This is the genius of this movie. There's so much vulgarity and crap and swearing and talk about weird sex stuff. And then the least weird thing is the weird guy going through the eggs on the floor and smashing them against Doing the window stress tests and stress testing them in his mouth at, oh, it's, uh, but somehow it's like, Oh, he's just looking for the perfect dozen. Well, why doesn't he just mix and match? Well, I told him that, but whatever Dante told him this. Yeah. Unironically Dante said, well, why are you looking for the perfect 12 things in a row instead of just appreciating that you could get 12 things from different packs and putting them together and making yourself a cool this, yeah. this could very well have been the moment where Dante clocks on and goes, oh, right. 
Nope, because my own life. Except uh, he's got a he's got some hells. Yeah, he's got a couple of circles. But of hell then you him. get the also you also meet the woman who explains it to him that he's most probably a school guidance counselor. Why guidance counselor, Carl? Because um, that would you as oh, if your job was as meaningless as theirs? Yeah, wouldn't you go crazy too? Yeah, wouldn't you, Dante? Is this too on the nose? And then, of course, she said, at least my job's worth my file. I artificially inseminate animals. No, 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 she doesn't. No, she manually masturbates caged yeah. animals for artificial insemination. Yeah. This is evidently an important job. She's an animal whacker. Let's be clear. That's actually really important work. Oh, yeah. Like, legitimately, it's funny. But holding a Slim Jim? Right, yeah. She's holding a Slim Jim <laughs> while she does it, which is, like, the funny bit. yeah. But, but like as an that's Ken- avid conservationist, I'm like, well, that's sort of ha- that's part of the work. That is Ken- that is legitimately. If I, I mean, I feel like if you are whacking off a tiger, mm. you deserve an extra pay for that. She, Somebody should be buying you supper. That actress was Kevin Smith's sister. Really? Yes. Oh, that's going to be an awkward day on set. No, she was on board. She she asked to play the role. Oh, that's even funnier. Is don't worry, you'll see his mum sh- shortly. Oh, that's... Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't realize that was... I'll let you guess who, if you can guess who Kevin Smith's mom is in the movie. Okay. Go, go for Continue going on. So, Randall unknowingly sells cigarettes... Oh, yeah, because he's not paying attention. So to his. a tiny, tiny child. It's an eight-year-old? Four-year-old, they say. Oh, the four-year-old. Movie. Like, a fucking four-year-old. He sell, Like, without watching, he just sort of goes, yeah, yeah, here you go. <laughs> he's reading a porno, probably. That's what he's about. Mm-hmm. And finally, like this is the part where it's like, oh, Randall's so funny, whatever. And to no, Randall just did a legitimately evil thing through negligence and inattention. Mm-hmm. He probably should have been paying some attention. Oh, yeah. But nope. <laughs> no, Randall doesn't care about that. He's He doesn't care. He's insouciant to the point of harming children. That's the part where I'm like, oh, actually, is this guy all that? I don't know, man. Yeah. He's still cool and everything, but, you know, he does some... Pretty I think it, it, was, it, was, it was a controversial thing to put into the movie. I think it was something that Kevin Smith put in to, to grab attention. I get it to a certain extent. It does sort of... Yeah, it's hardly brought up in arguments. And like, it all brought Never. up... Like I've They har- bring it up once in an argument in the film... No, no, no. What I mean is, like, later on in the film it has purpose, but I mean, I've never heard anybody have an argument about it. I... I think Randall's character, it, it kind of works for him mm-hmm. because it's it, it avoids the Beavis and Butthead problem where that's glorified to a certain yeah. extent, where it's like you're not just 90s insouciant because it's cool and edgy and whatever else. And look at my Doc Martens. Look at my style. And uh, I don't care. Because mm-hmm. for a while in the 90s, that was every sitcom had a character like that. And everyone was like, oh, man, that guy's so cool. Right. It, mm. Being an edgelord children for a while was legitimately cool. It was. Don't judge us. It was. So – it was it's interesting to me that they make him deal with they they make him do I something think, through his insouciance which is I, legitimately yeah evil. but it's 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 only to bite dante in the ass later on it's, well it's yeah part, it it's is part, it's part making this the worst day in dante's life it is part of that but it's interesting as well that in it does end up characterizing randall a bit mm-hmm. in a negative saying well you know this insouciance it might be cool and everything and yeah we like the guy and he is played as like the cool older brother almost in a lot of ways yeah but he's the cool older brother who still sold cigarettes to a four-year-old. Yeah, but we were- Like, he did a shitty thing. And it's nice to see that humanity in it, where it's not only like, oh, man, Beavis and Butthead is so cool, I want to be like that. You don't want to be like Randall. You don't want to be like anybody in this movie, really. Yeah. With the exception, maybe, of Veronica. She's kind of great. Yeah, Caitlin's kind of cool. Except yeah, what happens yeah, Kate- to her. Uh, Caitlin is a person. Uh, mm. I mean, she does cheat on people a lot. Yeah. You don't really want to be like that. 
And Veronica sucks 36 dicks. Mm-hmm. 37. Mm-hmm. Including him. Yep. And... I don't, I, I, what's nice is that everybody and no one has, else since just make that point very clear yeah of course yeah, yeah. Well, all, all i mean is every character seems to have a lot going on internally they seem to be real people in a way that's i don't know maybe we're avoiding in current storytelling in a lot of ways right like every time i see a movie now it's like and this is the perfectly perfect person who you're supposed to root for and this is the evil evil person who i'm like yeah characters don't have as much edge i mean forget even edge just humanity to them yeah well, it's just because it, it, I think in the way the world is has gone, I think escapism is more. Does that mean we need warranted? every movie to be children's movie? Kind of. No, I'm not saying naive it's a, it, in the sort of here's the good guy, here's the bad guy. I just think in the way the world is, I just think we just need with the bird lines between who are the good guys and the bad guys. I just think people prefer it at the moment. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I, in any event, I found it. Uh, I found it nice to like a character who is nonetheless quite problematic in his behavior a lot of ways yeah right but randall sells cigarettes yeah he sells the cigarettes to a little kid this is definitely definitely not going to come back and bite them in the ass around nope. about the climax of act two yes that's never gonna happen nope. is it carl Mm-mm. Mm-mm. not gonna happen randall hates everyone at the movie store yes what would you what would you get what let me ask you these questions carl mm-hmm. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets the bed? Oh, this is a joke I used to throw out in every situation uh, working in the early learning center when they asked to give a situation. Of, yeah, but what of, movie okay. actually? If I'm, if I'm oh, legitimately asking oh, it, this question. Who chronically, who chronically wets his bed? Yeah. Waterworld. <laughs> right, because you're an evil man who does <laughs> evil things. Yes. So uh, do you have any new movies in? No, uh, signs advertising new movies she's directly under oh, a sign that says new movies yeah i that one i have patience for because i've done it i've mm. literally asked someone hey sorry where is the bus stop while i'm, I'm standing, standing next to the bus, bus stop. stop yeah we will been there you can't see for yeah. looking it's a little bit yeah uh, until you get rid of all those trees it's really hard to see all those trees yeah can't see the width of the trees that's the one yeah i kind of almost that's yeah, fine i, gotcha. I fucked up i knew what you meant. anyway so do you have that one with that guy who is in that movie that was out last year? Uh, that is a similar question to as a DJ that I get is, do you have that song by that band that was on that soundtrack? You know, the one that came out that time. Yeah. By those people. And that's when I play another FU song by Real Big Fish. Which is, I mean, I feel like that's which where is, you Rick roll them, though. Fuck women, fuck crying, fuck laughing, fuck dying, fuck this song, but mostly fuck you. Um, That's a good one. I would just play anything by Rick Astley because the man is great. Or so fucking, or so what by um, either Anti-Nowhere League or the Metallica cover. I mean, you're going completely aggressive. I'm going like, I would, you, you, in, I would interrupt an otherwise completely heavy metal thing to be like, okay, I'm going to play a Fred Rogers song from oh, this I, Rogers I was, Neighborhood I, and point at that guy going, it's him. He recommended no, I have songs set up and the bar staff know if I'm playing that song, it's because someone's pissing me off. That's funny. Yeah. So do they know then to come and pat you gently on the head? No, it's, it means Cole, it means Cole's taking a left turn. Um, look at, make sure the, check out the guy who's pissing him off because he's mostly a drunken, a yeah. drunken asshole. Um, yeah, he's the kind of guy who's. I'm tolerant range. to a point, but it's people that will come up and ask for, while I'm playing Ramstein, will ask if I have Nightwish or Nirvana. It's just like, read the room. 
I feel like there's a lot of people who don't understand what DJs do anyway. No, they want a jukebox. Yeah, DJ is not a jukebox, fellas. No. Unless you are doing a specific DJ jukebox, which does exist. Yeah, those events which, happen. Which, which Go to ha- those, which are happening, which is happening next Sunday at next Saturday at the ship for the Heroes and Villains. Matt, <laughs> Matt Church is doing a jukebox Subtle DJ plug. night. But um, the all the money raised from that night goes towards GeekCon 2020. Yes, which is definitely definitely happening. Is if happening. we have anything to say about it. It's happening yeah, it's happening woot uh but hey navy seals navy seals that's a great i is it bad that i would absolutely watch a movie just called navy Seals? there is a film called navy seals well we're adding it to the list well yeah <laughs> the, the one he wanted to put in there was young guns 2 because there was a guy who um ever since it came out in the cinemas rst would come in every week and ask when young guns 2 was coming out not young guns like young guns 2 the less successful sequel it got to the point where the day of the release of Young Guns, they only had one copy, and Brian uh, Brian Johnson gave it to the first person who came into the store before he came in, just to spite him. Well, that's petty. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> then it's, of course, the stupid questions that uh, Don- yeah. uh, Dante gets. Yeah, Dante at the convenience store. What do you mean there's no ice? You mean I gotta drink this coffee hot? Which makes no sense to people nowadays because cold brew is a thing. Yeah, because you can literally just get iced coffee. Yeah, whereas at the time, iced coffee wasn't really big. At the time, the word barista was invented in 2016. Starbucks wasn't a thing. Starbucks was literally rolling out across America at that point. Yeah, I mean, 94, there were some Starbucks, because I yeah, think they started in Seattle 92. in, like, 92. So they they were starting to get some success, enough that in, I think, 95 or thereabouts, the Simpsons were joking about the rapid expansion of Starbucks. Yeah. They, you know. It's, it's the joke of, um, um, of course, coffee leads to sex. That's why there's a Starbucks on every corner. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. But... Um, but um, so the convenience store customers are that, and uh, so how much is this thing? It's the same girl who is asking, yeah, yeah, new yeah. movies. I like that it's the same two customers. I really no. do. It, I know it's literally the same two customers in both stores. So these two guys are unwittingly bitching about the same two or three people. Yeah, which again, small town stuff. It's just like yeah. that. Hey, do you guys retire cupcaps? Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, Dante, what's wrong? My ex-girlfriend is getting married. Yeah. So Dante is... This is about the part in my second watch through where I was like, so is he just Jerry Seinfeld? Does he think he's in a sitcom? Because his delivery is like, hey, what's the problem? Oh, here, let me vomit the topic of today's episode at you. Yeah, no, it's just... just, um, I, I think he's just so exhausted with life that he's just putting it all on front straight. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he does seem like a sitcom main character who's been dropped into a real-life situation I, and is trying to behave is, as if he's in a sitcom. Well, a lot of people say that Clerks could be performed as a play, and it's very much a playish dialogue because you're supposed – you have to keep reminding people of the themes because there's not mm. a lot of exist- existentialism or ex- existential shots or anything. Existential shots. Uh, I, mean, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, there's nothing – there's – Literally, you got to remind people of the world you're in because they you're it's, it's constantly uh, in, in dialogue or yeah, 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 visually. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, existentially, I'm like, so I have to consider the meaning of the everything of everything at all times. Drown in it. Yes. 
he I've caught him a couple of times. I don't have specific examples. I wish I did where he sort of seems to intone like Seinfeld. Mm. So I thought, well, maybe the they're view. well, exactly. Well, Seinfeld was airing at that point. Yeah. Seinfeld was super popular, right? Mm. It was the biggest show around in 94. So I, mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, down, down to the sweater. Down to the sweater. Yeah. Right? Like everything about this, it, it seems to me that it's like an evocation if it's not a direct reference. Uh, I think it's just an affliction. I think he just he, – he drew from Seinfeld because it was the thing of the time. Yeah, maybe. But I, I think there's something to this idea that it's – he thinks everything is like a sitcom and everyone else around him is like, no, dude, Dante, what the – no, mm. it's not like a sitcom. It's not like that. Sitcoms are not real. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's subtext in a lot of ways. Just he behaves as and it's right down to. So, hey, what's the problem? Well, you know, my girlfriend's getting my ex-girlfriend's getting married and I shouldn't even be here today. That could be a sitcom line. Yeah. uh, And that recurs. It it, it is his catchphrase. It is. Right. But that that doesn't strike you at all as like that could be. And and Randall's is do you don't know how much the average jizz mopper makes an hour? I mean, he only says that once. Is that a catchphrase? To me, it is. Because wrangling, wrangling can't be a catchphrase. Uh, randling is a verb Rang- now. Wrangling, sorry. I know, I got it, but randling is yeah. now a verb. We're just sticking with that. Yes. Anything, that, of- comes, anything that comes out of Dan's mouth is randling. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in response to, I'm not even supposed to be here today again. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason he's here today is because he buckled. Yeah. This yeah. whole sequence, I think, uh, dialogue delivery wise was one of the strongest in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... It's your day off. You didn't tell the boss man to go do himself. Yeah. You just automatically said, yes, you're coming in. Well, he's coming in at midday. To, he's coming in at 12. Yeah, or, at one or something. Yeah, to, so I can go play hockey. It's just like... Yeah, like he's got a game at two. And he yeah. said to the boss, listen, I can make it until one. And after that, I have to go. Mm-hmm. Right? So real talk. Past one, when he hears that the boss is in Vermont. Yeah. Why, why does he not just say, all right, well, I guess I'll close the shop at one. Because he knows it's not worth the aggro he's going to get from his boss, so he decides to keep stay there the entire I day. Guess. Also, also, it's money. I'm it doesn't feel like money to me. It feels like he's got a misplaced sense of duty and obligation to this mm. job, right? Because he feels that because he's got this title, because he's a clerk, mm-hmm. he has to behave like a clerk, right? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's just one of those things that he just knows the store's got to be open. It's not worth the, the aggravation. Well, this is it. Yeah. But it comes up again where it's like, well, so the worst thing that happens if you close the shop is people don't get to shop at the convenience store for a couple hours. Mm. Right. Like how awful is that? Right. And the boss whose responsibility ultimately it is, is they're the manager of the store. They're maybe the owner of the store. Who, who, who even knows? They never appear on screen. Well, basically, Randall's supposed to Randall's going in between the shop. At, uh, he's supposed to go through RST and clerks, depending on wh- how busy he went. But he keeps closing the 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 video store just to hang out in cl- hang out in the record in in the convenience quick store. Stop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, this is it. I think they're maybe Randall's not quite responsible enough. No, he doesn't it's, feel it's, any gets- obligation to his job or the people paying him to do a thing. Whereas Dante feels too much obligation whereas- because, like, well, I have to, you know, my. Like military style almost. Well, you know, the commanding officer might have his reasons and I'm going to stand here because that's my job. And I think we've all sort of fell into that trap at one point. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Misplaced duty and whatnot. I I really think that's what it is. And I I once came in in to cover a shift on my two week holiday. Like I they they just have a missense place of, of, oh, no, the shop was going to shop was not busy enough to even warrant me being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they just had to do something or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think, uh, therefore, timidity mm. is Dante's fourth circle of hell. Mm-hmm. The second he's confronted with something or somebody wants something that is opposed to what he wants, he he buckles and goes, oh, uh, listen, I don't feel like conflict, right? I just... I, I was very much like that for a very long period of time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, That's one of the reasons I identify with Dante more than Randall. Mm. Uh, Randall more for the quippiness because I'm good with a quip, but again... You are the quippiest you know, here. Thing. But it's... I identify with Randall's um, Dante so much because I was like that for a very, very long time of my life, especially in my work life, especially mm. definitely when I was in retail because I was part time. If I wasn't, sh- if I wasn't showing that I wanted to work, I wasn't given hours. Yeah, and I though I was part time, I worked pretty much a full time schedule. Like I was doing five day, five to six days a week. But yeah. again, short. Sometimes they were short shifts, or I'm like three to three to seven. Just like four hours, just so someone was there to do the late night. Yeah, I did every single Sunday when it when I wasn't on holiday because they gave me the term they gave me the faux not real title of Sunday supervisor. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I've been there. Definitely but, been there. But let's get on with this movie. Mm-mm. It is a good movie. I'm enjoying it mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Around this point is. This is about an hour into an hour and a half movie, more or less. Yeah, there's right? not much. They, they spend a th- two-thirds of the movie in Act 1, which is, mm. in any other thing, I'd say, I, I don't know, guys, that's a long time to spend establishing character. But the characters... Well, the morning, it's, it's kind of what the, a day in retail is. The morning kind of drags. I guess it's sort of... I don't until I all that lunch, was deliberate. Yeah, that's a good until, until about lunchtime when people start coming in and getting stuff and then it picks up and in the afternoon it generally is busier because people are out and about having uh, on their day or, or in a convenience store present. Oh, I've got to grab this on the way home or I'm grabbing this so I can cook lunch. Yeah. I wonder if that was deliberate. Hmm? No, Kevin. Oh, you reckon? Hmm? Huh. He, has, he has got... Uh, uh, so I, 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 could, I could throw you tons of stuff where he talks about... He's, uh, he's gone very in-depth about the filmmaking about this. There's even a movie about the making of Clerks now. Oh wow! It was done by a couple of uh, Scottish lads like, a couple of years ago. Oh, okay, and they also did a they also did um, they adapted parts of uh, Me and My Shadow, which was Kevin's story about Jay and his uh, heroin addiction, which was about Jay being obsessed with finding um, but uh, Jabba uh, Boba Fett action figures from the limited Star Wars range in the ni- mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Like going out and finding the going to like Toys R Us and thing and just stealing the Boba Fetts and giving them to Walt Flanagan to sell in. Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of it. It's a lot of lot of behind the scenes stuff. Huh. Kevin, Kevin Smith's podcasting has opened up the world of behind viewer skew a lot. So you, there's a lot of stories. Right. Uh, but let's move on with the film. So where yeah. are we at now? Well, the old guy comes in ah. and wants to use the bathroom. Yes, which is you know that's the old guy wants to use the bathroom. Whatever, let him use the bathroom. Perfectly fine. That's not buckling. He's going to be in and out. On the other minutes. hand, he come come back. He comes back thirty seconds later, and he says. Hey, so uh, what kind of what kind of toilet paper do you have in there? Is it the rough stuff or is it the smooth stuff, like the real soft, lovely things? And mm. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's a bit rough. Yeah, it's not. It's it's. it's you know, it's going to be tough on the hemorrhoids. Yeah, and of course, he was nice enough to give the the old guy. At this point, he's going above and beyond. Yeah, he he just you. bought the dude some toilet paper. Yeah. And you know, like what? And again, I could maybe well, say, open up the pack of toilet paper. Your employees should have nice toilet paper. That's fine just make the decision you're t- you're the manager well, today worst comes to worst he gives him the role he real seals up the pack he sells off the he sells off the additional roles for or a discounted price yeah. your work you're at work you're gonna use them 
Yeah, right. That's fine. Also, uh, last one is a little less reasonable. He asks for some reading material for the bathroom, which, yeah. which, you know, give him a free paper, give him something. Cause if, you know, if he's going to 94, there are no free papers. If he's taking the Browns to the Super Bowl, you know, well, local paper. Well, that's, we, that's we one way of putting what he's intending to do because he no, wants no, a very different kind no, of magazine. No, 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 no. I was just saying, yeah, but he wants, uh, one of the ad, the ad, the magazines uh, from the top shelf. From the top shelf behind that little yeah. plastic curtain that they have to put over it. Yep. From the back, though. It's, and not that one that he hands him. The the other one. Like, it, this is... He's already... Because he's already read that one. This is Choosing Beggars 101. Basically... Oh, we're, we're dancing around it. He's asking for a pornographic magazine. He is. He's asking for an adult magazine. He wants to have a jolly old time in the back room. He wants, he wants to take Fami and, his, and her four friends to the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Well, basically, he's having a wank. Um... Carl, you filthy, filthy languaged boy. Ah. You can't say that on the internet. All right. He's about the to- censors are going to get after us. He's about to rub one out. The Chinese have opinions about this, and so do the Russians. He's about to bash the bishop. He's about to spank the monkey. No, you can't say that. It's anti-religious. <laughs> also anti-monkey. <laughs> then they have an oddly- So, I mean, he lets him go to the bathroom, whatever. And mm. then Randall comes back and have- uh, what do they have a discussion about? Uh, title dictates behavior is what I've got. Yeah. Oh, right. Title dicta- dictates behavior, but not for Randall. Randall is the master of his own destiny. Basically, if Ra- this is Randall basically saying, you know, the, I, I, title does not dictate behavior. If I want to go and do something, I'm going to go do something. The fact that you're a clerk doesn't yeah. mean that you must, in all cases, behave like a clerk. You beha- You dictate your own behavior, and if your employer wants to do something about it, they can. Yeah. But he's one of those guys, like, if I, because he, as he has shown very much through this movie, he will just shut the shop to go and hang with his friend. Well, yeah, sure. And as we see a little bit later, so will Dante for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Right? Well. Actually, did but, we skip but, over that bit? No, with already- Julie Dwyer's now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Julie yeah. Dwyer is, they find out a friend they went to high school, one of the illustrious 12 of Dante's. Um, former lovers. Former lovers. Um, had died. Yeah. Um, um, Embolism. Yes. Um, as expanded upon in More Rats, she was about to appear in, uh, she was due to appear on a dating show called Truth or Date. Um, in, uh, she was told by a, a friend of a friend that um, the camera, camera adds 10 pounds. So she decides to go to the YMCA and hit laps to lose some weight. And on her 80th, uh, 50th lap, uh, embolism pops in her brain and she just falls dead. Yeah, they'll do it. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough way to go. So they decide to lock up the store and go to the funeral. Yeah, well, Dante wants to. Yeah. But Randall- it's unclear why in a lot of ways. Because it's like, oh, well, we got to go. Well, yeah, but you don't I think he just wants to pay that. respects and it's an excuse for him to get out of the store. Randall- I think he's just got this sense of misplaced duty. Like he feels like he ought to, so he must. And right? Ra- and he's Rand- letting outside circumstances dictate what he does and decisions he makes. He'd, he'd prefer for a, a duty or an obligation to give him an out effectively to make the decision for him because mm. he will not make a goddamn decision on his own no but randall hates people but loves gatherings ironic isn't it yeah <laughs> just there's some of these lines that are just the best i've ever heard anywhere yeah in any film yeah. any it's this beautiful is a highly quotable movie there is an, a lost scene 
where they actually show what happens at the funeral. Yeah, it turns out he, Randall, wrecks the funeral. Yeah. Knocks, Oops. Knocks the coffin over and the body falls out. Ugh, could you imagine? <laughs> I would probably be not terribly impressed with him either. No. They go back to the store. Uh, it's about the time of the, um, the hockey game. Was the hockey game first? I think we got this the wrong way around. We got this the wrong way around. Yeah, so it's the hockey game first. Oh, man, we missed all kinds of stuff. We got mixed up in talking about yeah, our own lives. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. Which are definitely... Sorry, right. I, I don't think my life is more interesting than yours, right. but maybe that's the point. Dante decides that they're going to play hockey on the roof. So, Well, there's uh, one little bit before this that mm. I think is worth noting. Let's move back just a little bit. So the ex-girlfriend's getting married. Everything's mm. whatever. They're still in the convenience store. And after... Randall and Veronica have had this big fight where Randall, uh, not Veronica, Randall, Veronica, and Dante. Dante and Randy. Dante and Veronica. No, Veronica and uh, Dante. Yeah, Dante and Veronica. There's only six characters. How are we messing up? <laughs> anyway, I say we, I'm messing it up. A lot of additional characters being replayed by different, the same actors in certain positions. But Yeah, I mean, in a, in a way, I'm not too worried about getting these two events mixed up in order because nah. these two are pretty much interchangeable in terms of timing. Because yeah. uh, Veronica shows up bringing mm-hmm. Dante lunch of leftover lasagna. lasagna. A, whole, a whole tray of lasagna? Is, a whole, practically it's, a, is it a whole tray? It looks like a whole, whole tray, tray of lasagna. lasagna. It's like, I've taken lasagna to work before, but I've taken like a quarter of a dish. Have you ever had somebody bring you lunch at work? One ex-girlfriend, my first girlfriend, did once bring me lunch at work. And did you immediately love her more? Because, like, that's the sort of thing where I'm like, well, this is the one, right? She brought me lasagna. Jesus. Like, I'm I'm a simple man. I am effectively a human. Uh, if it cat. happened again, more than likely, but I doubt in this day and age it would. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't let you in the building if you like someone you don't have some, six passes. Someone, someone might, you know, Uber eat you lunch. Yeah. Which, again, I would be like, oh, man, that's super sweet. They yeah, 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 that'd be nice. But- no one ever buys me anything. Oh, guys, if you're listening, here's an energy drink. I bought you, Paul. Oh, no way. Actually, <laughs> if you want. I hate these. Thanks. Yeah, I'm going to drink it anyway because yeah. you got it. All right. No worries. <laughs> Enjoy. Certainly will. It has more caffeine than your normal energy. I'm going to count on you to tell us about the hockey game. All right. So they go. It's the hockey game on the roof. All of his friends. Uh, one guy is insistent on, on, on like busting out the, the Gatorade. So everybody gets a gets a gets a drink and everything. And again, Dante roof. caves. Yeah, they pay. They start playing on the roof and everything. Um, I love the rationale behind this. It's like, well, I have to go to my hockey game, and my boss is requiring me to be at work. Yeah. So you know what? He never told me not to not to play hockey at work. So we're not going to play in the street. We're not going to play in the parking lot. We're going to play on the roof. And it also features the only special effect in this entire movie. How special is the effect, Carl? It's not that special. Describe um, the effect. Basically, a, a guy comes up to the roof saying that they saying that they they should open up the store. That Dante can't play hockey. Um, two two guys are downstairs. Pardon me. Two guys are downstairs. One of them is they're both played by Scott Mosier, who is the producer. So Scott's looking down when um, Stobel shouts out, "Yeah, you open." The guy who shouts back at him, "No," is the same actor. Oh, so literally, that's the only special effect in this entire movie. That the guy who shouts back, back is the same guy. Is the same guy who's yeah. The they're, they're playing two different roles. Oh, yeah, because he's normal Scott Mosier, not being. I feel like that's not a special face. effect. It's Kevin Smith quotes it as the only special effect. It's not really an effect, though. It's just putting the same guy in shot twice. Yeah, but it's an effect because he's up the ladder and he's down there. 
Yeah. I, I guess yeah. in the loose sense of special effects, but yeah, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm, I'll give it to him. Yeah. If Again, Kevin Smith considers it, then that, that's good enough for me. Yeah, but um, the match is over because they only bought one ball and the ball <laughs> automatically goes into a gutter. Who in the world wraps a hockey stick, first of all, like that, and second of all, with electrical tape? Uh, again, it was what they had at the time, and it was Kevin Smith's old gear from when he used to play hockey. No, I got it. But at the same time, I'm watching them sort of badly wrap a stick, mm. and I'm like, oh, my God. Dante, so. uh, that offends me as a, Rand- as a Canadian. Randall did play hockey in high school, but Je- uh, Dante never did. He, he, ne- he never played hockey, so he wasn't taught how to properly. I thought he did. No, 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 not don't, the actor who played. Oh, Dante. I see. Yeah, yeah. I they, thought in they, the character. No, no, no in, ca- in character they both play hockey. Yeah, okay. But um, no, in um, in real life, uh, the actor Jeff mm. uh, Jeff Anderson and Brian o- Brian O'Holler, who plays Dante, had never played hockey. He was an actor. He was yeah, I guess he was, so. He yeah, was a theater kid. But yes, uh, just little hockey details like that, and, and who only brings one ball to practice. That is shockingly common, actually. Really? Right? Well, normally it's like street hockey. You sort of, if you're going to a street hockey game, normally you want to bring a ball or two yourself. Mm-hmm. No matter who said I'll bring the ball, mm-hmm. they're cheap. You know, yeah. you buy them at the dollar store. Christ, you know, bring a couple of bad ones and then the good one in case one does go off somewhere. Yeah. Right. But unfortunately, they only brought the one. Yeah. The that's game, weird. Which but- ended the game after. F- 14, 15, 15 minutes? Yeah. Which isn't even... 12. 12 minutes, which isn't even a warm-up. It's... Yeah, 12 minutes is not a long amount of time. Then It's not go- even a full shift. So they goes back, opens up the store, and then it's when they are informed that um, all the Gatorade's gone. Yeah, all the Gatorade's gone, because all of the players being told, like, oh, yeah, grab a Gatorade, and that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hashtag not sponsored. We're not actually sponsored by any of these companies, and I'm pretty sure Kevin Smith wasn't getting a kickback from Gatorade in the 90s. No, either. but again, it was it was it was a common enough term that it, uh, again, this was an indie movie. It wasn't. It, I'm, uh, Miramax reached out, and Gatorade were cool with it because it's they don't actually show the product. Yeah, they only mention it by name. So continuing the sitcom setup, mm-hmm. not only was Dante not supposed to be in today, and his ex girlfriend is getting married, he's out of shape. Yep. And through a series of hijinks is being accused of selling cigarettes to a four-year-old, which, of course, he did not do, but Randall did while he was in charge of the store. Yes. Which means that ultimately he gets a $500 fine. Mm -hmm. And has to appear in court. Uh, No, the way he – that's a weird bit in this movie. That's the only bit where I'm like, "Mm, pedantic man needs Mm -hmm. to have a word with the the writers because in the the legal universe Mm – yeah, uh, when he says this cannot be – disputed in court you you got a fine you can dispute it in court if you believe that you were not at fault if another party was at fault for example or you can always dispute it in court that's why we have courts otherwise Mm. we wouldn't have courts we would just have police yes right that's it so that that's a little bit of whatever but i guess in the movie they wanted they didn't want to give him an out i basically it's just it's another example of the universe as, Which, as Dante yeah. sees it crapping on him. Exactly, right? So f- even if – I'm okay calling this not legal phrasing, but mm. Dante's interpretation in the moment of what was yeah. being said to him. Like, I have no recourse for this, even if in reality but he's, he's also, a lawyer. He's got, he's got uh, Rick, um, a, a, a former lover of Caitlin as well, <laughs> telling him that Have he, you ever seen a more stereotypical jock? yeah. Have you you've mean you've seen a more stereotypical jock than this man? Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Have you seen any other 
No, 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 no. Because, I mean, this is pretty... As the movie stereotypes go, it's pretty... It's on the nose. Pretty on the nose. It's played completely on the nose. I know, I got that. And including the, the, the affectionate girl, like, cooing next to him. Yeah, who happens to be Caitlin's sister. Yeah. Right, and then they go off some. Hey, can I give you a ride somewhere? How about the beach? I like the way you think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced that kind of thing has ever happened to anyone. But okay, I'll let it slide this time because again, I'm happy to read this as Dante's internal voice, mm-hmm. sort of changing the narrative somewhat around him. Yeah, it's, I'm okay calling this his perception of what's well, happening. A lot of people thought these were, this film was filmed with the cameras, the security cameras in the store. It's not. It was filmed with proper film, but. Yeah, I mean, it was the, this was filmed in, uh, was, was this, uh, Super 16, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super 16 in black and white for mm. budget reasons, as I yeah. understand it. Yes. It ends up working. It does. 100% works. It ends up film. really working well for, there's a couple of scenes that really use the black and white well. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen any of them yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is where Dave Klein really mm-hmm. – I, I started being like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Well, he's gone on to do uh, much more bigger movies since. He, well, of course, yeah. But in 94, he knew what he was doing is yeah. all I'm saying, right? Like even before he's he a, he's, he's, a, he's been a talented DP for years. Uh, you call it DP? Yeah. Uh-huh. Director of I th- production. No, I director of photography normally. But uh, I thought in the UK you called it DOP. I, I Again, I'm, I'm, I was learned more from the American side of things. So okay, I yeah, yeah. DP. And I'm, and shockingly, I can say that without giggling like a schoolgirl. That's why the British say yeah. DOP. Yeah. Saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's more of this sort of sitcom setup. What kind of wacky shenanigans will happen next? I'm like, and it's nice that they do the setup and then everyone just plays it like, no, nah, dude, it's real life. Mm-hmm. You know what this really reminds me of is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. That seems to have taken a lot of cues from Clerks. Edgar Wright is in one of his, he said in interviews one of his influences when he was a, when he started out as a movie maker was Kevin Smith. I definitely see it. And, and him and and he has and him and Edgar have like done interviews and stuff because Kevin had a director's a podcast where he sat down with directors for a while. Oh yeah, and he did interview Edgar Wright. Well, and, it doesn't and, surprise and, me. And um, Kevin and uh, what? Oh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg were huge fans of Kevin Smith, even asking questions at Q and A Q&A before while before they were famous. So they've they've loved him for mm. years as well. I'm definitely getting the the not very nice protagonist, mm-hmm. right? Because Dante is not a good person in a lot of ways. No, no, no we like him. But he's a bit of an ass. Yeah, but we identify him because we're all a bit. Uh, I think age, so. We were all a bit of an ass. I think if you're 22, it's part yeah. of the territory. But at the same time, it's in the same way that Scott Pilgrim has this guy who's a bit self-absorbed in his own universe. You've got this guy who's uh, who's got a lot of the same problems, though not timidity. I don't think in Scott mm-hmm. Pilgrim's case. But you know, he's a bit self-absorbed. He's into his own head. Mm-hmm. He chooses to see things only through his own lens and doesn't try even to consider other people. Yeah. Um. It, it's definitely giving me shades of that. And I loved Scott Pilgrim. I was trying mm-hmm. to put my finger on like, why do I like this? This is really. It seems like everything I don't like about bad movies, but I really like it. Yeah, Brian O'Malley did it really did a really good job with uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the mm-hmm. the book series, but yeah, the comic books were also great. Yeah, uh, I read those just a little bit before the movie came out, actually. Uh, I or the ones that were out at the time. I was recommended it when I went to the states. I bought volume one for the flight over, and when I was over there, I bought two, three, four, five, and six hadn't come out at that point. 
Maybe it's just the, it's just they're both Canadian. Here's the thing, mm-hmm. right? Kevin Smith, I believe, is also no, born and raised in New Jersey. We're claiming him anyway. Oh no, you can. He he um he went to Canada once, and um when he he got stopped at the airport, and they got, when he was on his tour bus days, and they found weed. Obviously, you don't need to bring weed to Canada, but that it was found. A little container was found that he hid when his kid was bringing her friends onto the bus, and he forgot about. It. So yeah, we're, uh, we're claiming them. Let's be clear. No, but they went, um, we're not going to stop you coming from Canada because you're a great asset to Canada. And he went, can you put that in a letter and send it to my mum? <laughs> Did they? Yeah, no, but. Oh, man. He, he, he was just like one of those things. It's just like, you, you never hear that. You never expect to hear something like that in your life. You're a great asset to a country. Well, I mean, honestly, uh, being Canadian, I'll tell you, there's like an ongoing Canadian joke not joke Mm -hmm. which is anytime somebody famous comes from canada even slightly Mm. we claim them as canadian yeah right we'll have people who are like their mother is canadian and we'll say oh he's canadian you know yeah whereas kevin smith is diehard canada or well exactly yeah Yeah. kevin smith's just a fan of canada Mm mm-hmm and we're like, good enough. You're Canadian now. He's, doing, he's done a whole horror anthology that takes place in Canada. Yeah. With the third one going into production at some point, which is Moose Jaws, which is literally Jaws with a moose. I didn't hear about this. Yes. I must see it. The first one is uh, Tusk, which is a man turned into a walrus. The second one is Yoga Hosers with evil... Yoga Hosers? Yoga Hosers. Oh, my God. Which is his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter with Johnny Depp in the movie um that's really funny it's not a great movie i imagine not but that's really funny and then it's the third and final one which will be moose george which will feature jay and silent bolt oh look caitlin is back caitlin yeah hey hey caitlin she has a funny idiolect i guess the, the way she speaks sort of it's between accents Mm-hmm. i don't know what it is she traveled around a lot I just, maybe I just, that's no that's what she says in the making of Okay, yeah. I was trying to place her accent because I like accents, not because like she sounds. Or was that? Or was that the end of ten year anniversary Q and I have no way of knowing that. I unfortunately she she is no longer with us. She passed away. Oh, you're kidding? Yeah. Oh darn. She 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 had she's had a long she had a long term illness. Oh dang. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. But I liked her in this. I thought she played the part very well. Very good. Just to say, I love accents, Mm. and whenever I hear one that's a bit unusual, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Where's that from? Like how what what explains that? And then you find out about their relationship that she never really cared for Dante and did cheat on him a lot. Yeah, with eight and a half guys. Yeah. Don't ask about the half. He explains the half, but yeah. I don't need to get into it. This is already a long show. But yeah, she's back and Dante proposes to her that they get back together and, and go on a date. Go on a date and see how it goes despite the fact that she's technically engaged but she's giving the guy the ring back because she doesn't want to get married to anybody right her now. mum printed that advertisement in the paper b- without her knowing yep turns out that her mum really likes the guy and jumped the gun a little bit and knowing that dante apparently knowing dante would see that and freak out actually headed straight to dante let's be clear she absolutely was right yeah and she's go- she's got his number yeah like she knows she it, he um dante's on the hook for her is in like mm. They will most probably never get back together properly, but she knows that he can. She can get him at his be- at her beck and call at a drop of a hat. That seems to be the case. Yeah, um, she's also got this line where Dante, you prefer drastic measures to rational ones, mm-hmm. and she's right. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely right. But let's be clear here, Dante. Yeah, I'm going to speak to Dante, the character, directly here for a second. Okay, listen to me, Dante. You have to dump the girl before you date the other girl. Before. 
That's not strictly true. Um, I'm kidding. Yes, you should always. Yeah, that is, if you're a good, Carl, per, if you're a good person, that's what Carl, you, you do. Carl, you awful, awful man. I'm kidding. I'm Don't tell the young, impressionable children who are listening to the R18 rated podcast to do this. <laughs> good lord, man. No, like for real. That's Dan can say that stuff, but I can't. Scumbaggery, of course, yeah. is the fifth circle yeah, of Dante's I mean, hell. Yeah. The man's a scumbag. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily mean to be. In his own mind, he means well. The man's a scumbag, and he behaves like a scumbag, and he hurts people like a scumbag. And again, I... I'm losing I, patience was, with this was, guy, but a, I still root was, for him for some reason. I still kind of want him to do well. Because you remember being that guy. Because I remember being an asshole 22-year-old. Yeah. I know, yeah. right? That's like, why we were looking into it. Maybe, yeah. And we, we had that friend that was a Randall, and we knew those two stoners who would hang out in front of places. It's just like, it's there's yeah. so much relatability... Some of us were those stoners in front of the convenience store, As right? As I said before on this podcast, and I say again, I didn't start smoking weed until I was 23. Don't do it any younger, certainly. No. I was, my brain was fully developed. It's not going to get any worse than your, this. Your brain was fully developed? Yep. I have speech problems. Bane dablage. Yay! They agreed to a date, though. Yeah. They agreed to a date. And then... But it has to be later, because she's got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Randall um, comes back into the store, and the, the jizz mopper conversation happens. Um, oh, yeah. How much does a gym, bo- a gym boxer? Wow. How much does a jizz bop- mopper make? Free fitty. <laughs> Just about. Free fitty. Just about. Is that the best you can do? Well, you got, you, 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 you got, you got to clean cum off windows straight away. It comes with streaks if you don't clean it straight away. Yeah, there's the easily offended man who gives, I think, one of the that is again performance. Walt Flanagan. That that's is the, amazing. That is the guy. Who, that's the egg guy. That's the guy who asks for cigarettes. Could we the... could we just clap for that man just a yeah. little bit? Just I love Walt. Walt, so he's so good. Walt runs uh, Jane's Hardware Secret Stash in New Jersey. He was one of the he, him and him, Brian, Walt, uh, Ming, and Mike were on Comic Book Men for seven seasons, which was literally a show about the secret stash. Tell me honestly, was this guy ever on Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job? No. Because he has a face that I seem to remember. Like his performance is very reminiscent to me of that style of no. what in the world am I watching? It's 2 a.m. on Adult Swim or whatever. No, right? he's he he's never actually wanted to be in the limelight. Like, he didn't even want to run The Secret Sash, even though his lifelong dream was to own a comic book shop. Okay. Like, uh, Walt, but he doesn't like being on screen. He just did this, I guess, as a favor to his friends or something. He, him and Kevin have been friends for years. Kevin was uh, the person who showed it, got him into comic books. Oh, yeah. Um, he worked in a youth center with Walt for years. And he was just like, he found out Walt was into comic books. And he went up to him and was like, oh, I wrote a, a paper about Batman in high school. He's like, yeah. I think I was expecting more outward comic bookness in this movie Not in a this, lot of ways. No, that's more rats. Well, this is it because you, everything you told me about Kevin Smith, he's like a big comic book nerd. And uh, I, I think I'd sort of internalized that to the point where I'm like, Kevin Smith movie. Oh, okay. I'm expecting. Well, that's why you get the Star Wars conversation. Well, yeah, sure. But I was expecting a bit more of it. All no, you get right? a lot more of the superhero stuff in definitely more rats. More rats is the more comic book heavy one that he's done. Okay. Yeah. J- just to say, uh, compared to expectations, how am I finding the film? More rats is why he got the job to do Superman Lives, the failed Superman movie in the nineties. Which you, you, we've, you mean all of them? No, Nicolas Cage was going to be um, Superman at one point. Oh my god! Really? With the script written by um, Kevin. Carl, Smith. can we still make this happen? Can I, we tweet? I, I, I Nick, li- can we tweet Nick, please? He's voiced Superman in Teen Titans Go. Uh, no, I will link you. I will send you the movie, the documentary about it, called "The Death of Superman Lives." Mister Cage, if you're listening. I don't even want a t-shirt this time. I just want you to make this. I want that. Please. I want that. Um, 
ter- I want that T-Rex skull you have on your coffee table. Please um, contact or, or Kevin your, Smith. Or your action comics number one. Um, Kevin at Smith.Smith, no, probably. He's, he's at, re- at that Kevin Smith. Somebody keep tweeting him that we need this to happen. Oh, no, no, no. It's failed now. He's, I know he, it's failed, but we need it to happen even more because of it. He's doing the Howard the Duck series for Hulu. That's also on the list, I think. No, he, as in he's the movie Howard the Duck, but he's doing a new animated yes, Howard yes, the yes, Duck yes. series. I was unaware that was happening. Yeah, yes. but the the movie I early think, news for the, the next list. show. Um, Hooray! So we're at yeah, the but store. Caitlin's been in the bathroom for a while. Yeah, we'll get. She to- sort of goes to the bathroom. Turns out the lights go off at like five fourteen every day for some. No, reason. no, we we've met, we've skipped the part of uh, Randall going saying that he has to go to another video store. Oh right, yeah. So yes, like I want to go to, you want to go rent a movie. You work in a video store. But I want to rent a good movie from a good video. Store. I work in a bad video store. If I wanted a bad movie, I'd rent a movie from the bad one. And the story goes to is just what um, Quick Stop, what RST Video looked like during the day. They have this lovely. Here's here's the part I love. Yeah, Caitlin uh, comes back and she and Dante have this big hug. Like, I haven't seen you in a year. Oh, my God. How are you? Mm. Right. Pre-internet. So it's not even like you were talking on Facebook or anything. It was like you covered, you had three conversations in the last month. Mm-hmm. Right. So she has this big huggy thing and then cuts to this lovely romantic music and a slow pan across a video store. And hey, look, it's Randall. And the first time I saw that, I and was he's like, an, he's an oh, old- so this is just a pan around and they're going to dance or something. No, it's just Randall in the good video store dropping to his knees due to the sheer beauty of where he is. <laughs> yeah. I kind of miss the video store in a way oh, as I, a concept and an idea. I, went, I, I went up to London when they did the pop up uh, blockbuster oh, for yeah. Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah. With all the fake video, video covers and everything. And you could pre-order. Well, it's to pre-order and buy Deadpool 2. Of course, 2. yeah. But yeah, it was there was some really good ones like Braveheart and stuff like that. That's really good, yeah. Uh, uh, do you know the angry video game nerd on the internet? It sing, rings a bell. Anyway, he was one of the original angry video game reviewer people thing, uh, right? Okay. He reviews a lot of old games, that sort of thing. He has recreated a base in his personal basement. He's recreated the video store <laughs> right down to like the bad uh, wood paneling and, you know, Here's a bunch of old VHS tapes with, you know, torn up covers and stuff mm. right down to like the library card things on it. Yeah. And it, when he was interviewed about it sort of by some other YouTuber or something, mm-hmm. he said, well, I think there's something about this that's worth preserving, right? Like in media history, this is how we consumed media for a good 20 years there. Mm-hmm. So it's worth preserving at least a little bit. So as far as I know, he is the only museum like that effectively. And it's a little private. As far museum. as I know. Yeah. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, I love that there's people who do stuff like this, and I, I love that a little bit of Clerks is being preserved somewhere. Well, that's the great thing about you can. Well, I'll get to that when we get to near the end. Which yeah, because Catherine, because Catherine, Kate, Caitlin, Caitlin. Thank you. Caitlin's been in the bathroom a while. Yes, um, it's revealed once uh, Dante goes back from the date. Randall's been looking after the video show, watching a film about hermaphrodites, chicks with dicks. Um, yeah. Evidently, this is a selling point, and Dante is like. His objection is not, no, that's gross. I don't want to watch that with you when invited to do so by Randall. His objection is, no, nah, I'm kind of busy tonight. I've got, I've got, I've got stuff to do. I'm like, uh, but I watched uh, the fact that the line, sure? checks with dicks. Uh, the line, the line that gets me is the fact that I rented this for us. <laughs> I didn't even clog on yeah. that. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Oh, Matt, that makes another of his lines even better yeah. when he's like warning Caitlin, like, hey, listen, if you break his heart again, I'll kill you. Nothing personal. Yeah, no, it. Um, we joke like me and Dan are our, our, our family, our brothers. Um, the line we give new girlfriends once we, we they've been introduced and meet us um, when obviously we had that minute alone, like the boyfriend goes to the toilet, or, yeah, 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 and they're comfortable enough to be left alone with us. Is the bit where we turn around? It's like, look, we're not threatening you or anything, but if you break that boy's heart, we will find you and we will put you in the ground. And then they we come. have special skills. No, we all. We, the thing is, say we all have corpse bury. We, we all have corpse burying shoes um and shovels have you ever found that this ends relationships very quickly? no a lot of the relationships stuck for a good couple of years yeah. well evidently caitlin takes it rather well too because she goes like you're so protective of him yeah i was here first you can you can you uh can, we're going on a date Ooh, can i watch you can hold me down i, I don't think you're going to be interested i don't have a dick hey if you do <laughs> that's so good again what like her interplay with randall in general, they excellent. were in a relationship. Oh, actually, they actually started dating during the making of this movie. Oh, and no they way. were together for a couple of years, and they got married. Actually, oh, no they, way. They, they, they did. They did split shortly afterwards, but they well, it explains the on-screen chemistry then. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, that man, was, yeah. That was. I just thought they were super good actors. Suddenly, they were. They did that, but they had that natural chemistry, and it did flourish into a relationship. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dante gets back from his um, getting ready for the day. And then Caitlin comes out the bathroom, very pleased with herself. Yeah, doing the whole, like, I'm I'm showing you in the sitcom way, I've clearly just had sex. Yeah. You know, pulling the, you know, she was wearing a tie before, now she's not in the noughties, wearing the tie. In the noughties, it would have come with sounds of it's like, I'm not allowed to do that in these episodes anymore, am I? You can put it in over that. If yeah, you, want. you can cut that. Mice. Are, you, are you giving me tacit permission? Yeah, to insert as much air horn as I want. Not as much as air horn as you want. Oh my god, I could just make the liberal whole episode. liberal use of air horn. <laughs> so liberal, a a sousson of air horn. But yeah, um, and then he's just like, so he's just come in though, and she goes, "How did you get out here so fast? How did you pass me in the one aisle between the bathroom and this counter that we've seen?" Right. Is there like a back entrance? Yeah. He goes like, well, what are you talking about? Well, you are so good right now because uh, we just had sex in the bathroom. Don't you remember just now? Uh, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that at all because I just got here. So she horrified mm-hmm. at what is thinking maybe it just happened. And she's potentially been, in the, I don't want to use the word, but raped. Well, that's what, uh, that's what Dante says. Yeah, it's a- At a certain point, it would be like rape by deception if somebody deceived you. But as it turns out, there is, the guy was not able to deceive anybody because. No, it was the old man from earlier who had died, had a heart attack mid tug and rigor mortis had set in. Yep. And the erection can last for rather a long time. Yeah. So that's what she'd just done. So she literally fucked a dead guy. By accident. By accident. Thinking that it was Dante. Yes. Clerks! Clerks, everybody. <laughs> this is one of those moments where I was like, oh. It is. Oh, that's. Mm. It, it was one of those things where. Like, have they gone too far now? I don't know. Considering what comes out, the movies that have come out since, no. Yeah, I know. It's it's very out there for the time, but it's one of the things that caught people's attention. It's one of the things that maybe yeah. got picked up. I guess, yeah. I mean, do what you got to do. But uh, I, 
in the context of the movie, it was one of those slightly cringe moments for mm-hmm. me that sort of generally turned me off of things, not speaking for anybody else. So whereas, I, whereas- I nearly turned off at this point, and I probably would have had I not been making a podcast about it. Just it's too gross. It's too bad. I can't do it. So, But I, I'm glad I completed the film, actually. I'm glad I mm-hmm. finished the film for reasons we'll keep going into. Yes. Um, now, obviously, this is, that Caitlin isn't taken away in an ambulance. Well, here's did you notice who Don't- else was in the ambulance? Uh, the dead guy, of course. Yeah, yeah, which is weird because why are you taking a dead guy to the hospital? And then, oh, they, it would, it would um, a lot of uh, hospitals in the US, UK, US have morgues. So, oh, I guess maybe yeah, you're wrong. So he's there, and also her, and that's when I'm also like, why would you bring both of them? Given that that's the cause of her trauma, you call a second ambulance, guys. <laughs> but okay, budget, budget, maybe. Or I think they only had the the ambulance, yeah. and the, the and there's a third person in there. Carl, did you notice who that is? I can't remember. Snowball. Oh, yeah. Snowball's just randomly in there for reasons. I think he's playing the medic. I think it was another, we need someone to play this role. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It was recognizably him. So it's either like him in another costume. I'm guessing that much. It might be. I don't know. So we get, we're approaching the end of the night. We are. Uh, I think there's a couple of lines that I noted here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randall saying... If you want Caitlyn, then talk to Veronica and mm. be with Caitlyn. Yeah. If you want Veronica, then be with Veronica. D- but don't pine for one and fuck the other. Yeah. Thank you, Randall. Randall's the voice of reason in this movie. It's one of the reasons why I think this movie works so well. Because the 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 guy he who sold Jiminy cigar- Cricket, the guy who sold cigarettes to kids, is the, is voice. the voice of reason. He is Jiminy Cricket. Dante and Randall have a fight because of that shit and not getting off the pot. Salsa shock. Yeah, I mean, they're starting to have a disagreement at this mm. point, right? Yeah. Do they fight before the line? Because we're we're coming up no, with it's, the it, line. It, it, it's, it, uh, oh, uh, no, no, no. They fight beforehand. Then it's the end of the day. So Kevin, uh, Jay and Silent Bob have finished their work day after dancing outside. And I think there's another thing that happens first, because there's a conversation that happens between some people who co- go to the store, Jay and Silent Bob, mm-hmm. come into the shop and yep. have a brief conversation about, you know, hey, Veronica, though, what's she about? Oh, well, I, I see her doing all kinds of stuff for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. It's right? Just... Like, didn't she change your tire once? Uh, what would what, you, you call a good plate with nothing on it? I'm oh, wait, I fucked up. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he, yeah, that's what his grandmother used to say, but she used yeah. to shit herself, so what does she know? Yeah. And as Jay, probably meaning well... But then swearing he's, he's, his ass he's off. Got, he's, got, he's got his blunt wraps. He's got his, he's got his beer. He's, he's heading off to a party. Invites Dante for, Dun- you know, yeah. that's nice of him. Well, they, that's the thing. Jay and Silent nice. Bob don't have a problem with Dante and Randall. No. They'd happily have a, come, like, come to this party. Smoke, smoke a blunt with us. Yeah. You smoke? No, that's cool. You want to come anyway? Mm. No, it's, I can't. Oh, you don't hang out with drug dealers? Yeah, nothing personal. Yeah. I think that none of, nobody has a problem with each other. It's just sort of, eh, I don't actually feel comfortable around drugs. Well, it's I a, feel like, you know, that's fine. Uh, then, of course, Jay, uh, Silent Bob having his only line in the movie going, there's a lot of fine ass uh, bitches in the world. Uh, he doesn't. I have the exact line, if you want. Oh, yeah, no, it's, I get misconstrued. Go for it. You know, there's a million fine looking women in the world, dude, mm. but they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. Mm. Then he just leaves. Yeah. Leaving Dante to have his moment of realization that the stoner knows more than him. Thank you. No longer silent, Bob. Yeah. 
well, no longer no longer fat Bob either. Yeah, he lost some weight in the movie, I guess. Oh no, this is the is that's the skinniest he is in his career till his heart attack last year. Okay, he's, he's I think he dropped a he's dropped a hundred and twenty odd pounds. Yeah, so. They have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Dante realizes, well, shit, you're right. I'm in love with Veronica. What am I doing with this Caitlyn shit? I need to go to Veronica right now. Yeah. Cut to R- Randall mm-hmm. telling Veronica that he wants Caitlyn. <laughs> he wants Caitlyn and is no longer in love with Veronica. Whoopsie. Yeah. I mean, in Randall's defense, he th- he was just told not an hour ago. That this was the case, that in fact he's planning, that Dante is planning to go to Caitlyn, get back together with her, and then tell, and Ver- then Ver- tell Veronica. Yeah. He Again, won- I'm getting shades of Scott Pilgrim here, and mm-hmm. a bit of a scumbag. It's very for much the, the thing between uh, Fla- uh, Ramona Flowers and Knives, yeah. 100%. Less or- they don't have a clear relationship in this, though. Like, Veronica and Caitlyn don't seem to have any... They sort of- know of each other because they both dated... Yeah, whereas after a while, I think, knives or whatever, I think that Kate, develops a bit more. I think books. Caitlin was the girlfriend before Veronica. Yes. I think that's the how they... Yeah, yeah in high school. Yeah, 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 For like five years. Yeah. And then Veronica, they've been together for seven months, I think they say in the movie. A year, nearly a year. It was something like five or seven months. Yeah. It was under a year, but it was mm. a while, yeah. right? Like long enough where this is a relationship, it's not three dates. Yeah, right? yeah 100%. But yeah, uh, Veronica then arrives at the shop throws the dude to the floor mm-hmm. because she's a badass mm-hmm. and in a tirade that i'm not even going to try to replicate because just watch the movie again guys it's beautiful mm. she drops some serious truth on the guy and as she's leaving he declares his love for her to which she says fuck you mm-hmm. and leaves yeah commence the best bad fight scene i've ever seen no, the 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 J the it's J so bad. the Randall and Dante fight. This is when the fight happens. Yeah, but they can't. But they the destruction afterwards. Kevin Smith had to pay for all the stuff. Yeah, like every like he had to spend a couple of hundred dollars on confectionery. Charge it to production. No, he he just bought it flat out. Right. Oh, I know. And yeah. then just that was the crew's food. They filmed that first. Yeah. And so the, there was the, there was food for this for the rest of the trip. Pro tip: I'm a foley artist. Yeah. I have definitely like slapped around some meat before like mm. bought a steak and slapped it for slappy flap mm-hmm. for slappy flappy slap slaps sounds mm-hmm. and then just i'm so tired carl just and then just ate the steak <laughs> well later on yeah it wasn't very good but we called it tenderized uh chicken's a little bit more difficult you got to beat your meat kids you do if you want it to be extra tender yeah yeah I, I love a good fat, bad fight scene as much as i do have a small amount of background in combat sports and i do love a realistic nice looking fight scene i like that this is one of the most realistic fight scenes i've ever seen yeah between two characters who clearly have no idea how to fight and who don't really want to hurt each other no they're just annoyed dante's annoyed at randall and he's just venting frustration it's like watching eight-year-olds fight by throwing candy at each other yeah sort of what it is and they'll hit each other in the head but they're not trying to injure each other but they reconcile shortly afterwards. It's one of those things. It's just getting the anger out because mm. he can't be mad at Randall, really, because Randall only was trying to help him of what he knew. He didn't know that he had changed his mind again. How could he have known? Exactly. He was just told about a thing and he used his judgment, mm-hmm. which, again, it's thematically a bit weird that a character using their best judgment is one of the things that gets randall in trouble mm-hmm. despite the fact that it's going on about well you should take 
agency and responsibility for your own shit. And here's Randall taking responsibility for someone else's shit out of a sense of duty he, and obligation almost. It's not that. It's just he – it's to the whole of his shit and get off the pot argument Yeah, is the fact that he knows that Dante most probably won't, so he's going to have to push him. I guess, but you know what I mean? Like every bad thing that happens in this movie is because people are sort of blindly doing stuff out of a sense of duty and obligation. Which is that maybe they ha- which happens a lot in real life. Which happens a lot in real life. But you know what I mean? It's like this is the this is the tragic flaw whenever something bad happens. Mm-hmm. I, I'm here on my day off. You know, I shouldn't be here today, but I am, and the, that's why all this stuff is happening. No, it's not. It's because you're not making a decision, mate. Mm. But at the same time, Randall sort of, well, I have a duty to my friend, I should make sure that he's okay. So I'm just going to take an action without telling him Mm -hmm. out of a sense of duty and obligation. So it's duty and obligation as a negative, which I don't see a lot in any fiction, Mm. which it makes the movie feel very. Well, it goes back to a a quote from Dante earlier on when they're talking about Star Wars is um, the reason he loves Empire because life's a series of down endings. All Jedi had was a bunch of Muppets. Um He's just he he, he says because because you know Luke find out Vader's his father loses yep. his hand and the and the the rebellion loses. That's what life is. It's not always successful. For real though, Act Two is usually better than Act Three in terms of excitement yeah. because that's where all the stuff happens. Yeah. So like it's okay for Empire to be better than Jedi mm-hmm. because Jedi sort of has just all the denouement at the end. Yeah, yeah, but it's that's just the, I'm just using what the oh no, I totally got it, but I'm also. Like, we're also having that conversation. That's the B story mm-hmm. of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Our podcast has a B story. You're welcome, audience. Yes. Don't make the subtext text. Where were you raised? Um, In the text. Was <laughs> this not clear? All right. So we're nearing the end of the movie now. We are. Um, I think, is it literally the last scene where he's closing up? Well... I want to point out one specific line as mm. they're lying in the detritus of their fight. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst tragedy is that I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yeah. This is where Randall sort of loses it with him a bit. He, he, I, we haven't really seen him lose his cool ever. No. And he loses his cool here a bit, and he says, fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I did, I have been doing the best that I can possibly do here. I am working with a limited set of information. I Like, what, what do you want me to do here? I try, I'm trying to make the day a bit better. Like, I'm trying for you, mate. Yeah. Right? Out of sense. Because I'm happy. I'm content. You're the one who's got a fucking problem yeah. here. Like, we both work a shitty job. I'm okay with it. I know it's a shitty job, and I'm fine. You work a shitty job, and you need to imagine to yourself as this big, grandiose thing. Mm-hmm. Go to school, man. Go back to education. Which like is- Veronica wants you to do. Yeah. You're going to be happier. But you have this inability to improve your station in life, which he mm-hmm. says earlier in the movie. He's mm-hmm. not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah, so we finish the movie where all of... Dante's relationships, except for that with Randall, are weaker, but mm. the one with Randall is stronger, Yeah, which is nice. But somehow I, I finished the f- film feeling hopeful for Dante. Like, okay, well, he's now going to do that last hero's journey return having changed, right? So maybe he's going to go to Veronica and be like, you know what? I now understand where I'm at a bit better. I sort of ended up with that feeling that maybe things are going to get better later for him. And you will find that out when we do Clerks 2. It's on the list. It's we might not do list. it for a while because we want to not do C right after. I, I don't mind going through the viewer skewerverse with you, like going tangentially through the timeline. Well, maybe, yeah. I, I just, uh, we'll, we'll figure out which order we do. Yeah. It. I am looking forward to that. Uh, may I just say one last little yeah. just whiff of loveliness? Oh, don't worry. I want to tell you about the alternative ending. There's an alternative ending? Yes. Oh, well, I can't wait for that. 
So the credits, mm-hmm. you know, I always read the credits. Mm-hmm. You know, I always read the credits with a particular view to the sound people because mm-hmm. I am a yeah. dub mixer. I, I do all of this stuff myself mm-hmm. and I'm always interested to see what work people have done before. Mm-hmm. So uh, their credits read as follows. Edit, Scott Mosier and Kevin Smith. Yep. Initial incompetent sound editor, Scott Mosier. <laughs> yep. Accomplished sound editor, Jens, uh, James Von Bulo. Yeah. Bulo? Von Bueller. Von Bueller. Mm. So, uh, and he's also the master sound mixer. Yeah. I, I love that. Like, they started editing the sound. I'm sh- Was Scott Mosier, like, the... He, Scott Mosier? He, Scott Mosier was at the um, Vancouver Film School when Kevin Smith was. They were in the same group. They worked together. Okay. Uh, Scott stayed and finished the course there, so he he got he he left with a qualification in filmmaking. Sure. Whereas Kevin drops me out, but that's the the deal they made is when whoever writes their movie first. This is these two, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Scott Mosier did the edit, which yep. they seem to have co-edited it, mm-hmm. uh, and it looks to me like Scott Mosier tried to do the sound, having no idea how to do sound, and then we're like. Well, we can't do this on our the, own. There's the original sound that they did for like the initial release in the original film, and then there's the sound once the Miramax bought it and redid the redid right, the sound. Editing. Right. I think I read that on IMDb actually because yeah. the original was in mono. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he would have done the mono one, and then they did a proper Dolby mix in stereo and 5.1 or whatever. Once, later. once Miramax bought it. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing actually, it's quite clever in terms of audio to do only or like mostly mm-hmm. dialogue because. Yeah. You, you generally throw that straight in the center, right? I don't care where the actor is on the screen. Mm-hmm. You generally throw it in the center because otherwise, if it's all the way on the left, people all the way on the right of the theater have trouble hearing. It's, mm-hmm. it's a whole, there's an art to it, right? If you just do everything in mono, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Every, all of the dialogue is straight center, pretty classic. And then you sort of, if you have stereo, you throw the music to the sides. I think in my setup, it's a stereo setup. Mm. I heard a few little sound effects on the left at one point. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they don't do much with the stereo field. And I think that's fine. Yeah. They do enough. The alternative ending to Clerks was after Randall goes home, one additional customer comes into the store. It's a robbery. And Dante gets shot. Oh, Jesus. And Dante dies. That would be a lot less positive. Yeah. They're literally... I don't know. I'm the glad guy, they cut that. The guy... Well, that was the original very first cut. It was yeah. changed once Miramax got hold of it to, to leave it open to possibly a sequel, which didn't happen for another 15, 16 years. So he was supposed to die according to Kevin Smith's original... Uh, oh, no, tw- oh, no. Just tell like 22 years. It was ni- 2000, 2006, the sequel came. Oh, wow. So he was supposed to die, though, in Kevin Smith's original script. Yeah. And in fact, Dante version, was Dante was going to die in a in a robbery gone wrong, and that was also the version that was shown at Sundance. That was the no, that was the version that was shown. Yeah, that was the version that was shown at the yeah at Sundance and the New York the New York Festival where it debuted, where it got um, where a woman in the the only other person in the audience was a woman for a newspaper reviewer who gave it to Jim Jacks and Jim Jacks put it forward to Sundance, and that's where the story goes. Oh wow, cool. <laughs> So I'm not sure how I feel about that. How do you feel about that ending? Like, is there a canon um, one that's specifically? Because I guess there's a Clerks too, so there has to be a canon. He lives. But. Yeah, no, no, no. It was it was literally the only reason I've seen the original cut because it came with the ten, uh, Clerks ten. Uh, Clerks ten. Cler- Clerks X. It was Jesus. The, it was the ten. It was the ten year anniversary of Clerks. It was Clerks X. I mean, I'm in for two of them. I don't know if I'm in it, for which nine was more. the theat- theatrical, free disc set, theatrical release, extended, uh, extended original cut, 
and um, the documentary. Okay. But how do you feel about that? Like, because I'm not sure... I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if if Dante had died at the end of the movie. Yeah. I feel like you need that hopefulness at the end, having identified with this character... But again, kind of, it, it, I would kind of want to feel a bit of hope for the but character. It, it also that justifies Dante's feelings throughout the whole day that he wasn't supposed to be there. If he wasn't that, if he wasn't there that day, he wouldn't have died. Yeah, but I think it turns it from, I think it turns it from an interesting slice mm. of life from a dude into only the story of a spectacularly bad day. Yeah. It almost which was which it. was actually what Kevin Smith originally wanted to write. I think he ended up with something better. Yeah, I think he developed it into something better than that. I, I completely. I think the cut well, that I saw where is the, la- is the last is good. It's the last time we see uh, Jeff Anderson or Dun or Randall until Clerks Two because him and Kevin Smith have a bit of a falling out in but, real life. Uh, you mean in real life? Yeah. But Brian O'Holloran has a cameo as different Hickses in nearly every movie. He has a small cameo in different roles. Nice. He's like Gil, Bill, he's Gil Hicks, Bill Hicks. <laughs> Old Gil. Yeah, uh, Gil Hicks is in Mallrats. Uh, Bill Hicks is, I think, is in Chasing It. Uh, he's a... Any relation? No, uh, yeah, apparently they're all related. They're all the same family. I meant Bill Hicks. Is he actually Bill Hicks? No, 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 no. Because that would also be I funny. think that, that that was the nod, to, because I think Bill had not long passed away at that point. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that is Clerks. That was Clerks. Over a review. Did you enjoy the movie? I, I did. I think uh, it took me a while to warm up to it. it. Took me a while to warm up to it. The initial, uh, what was the production company called again? View Askew. Yeah, View Askew. The 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 old man and the kid playing with the ball and the, that really sort of. I know I go on about it, and it's just a thing for the production company. But is the first thing that I see going into a film. It, gets, it leaves a bad impression to me. So the first sort of 10 minutes, that was still sort of going, oh, I'm not sure about this. I don't know. It becomes this more animation style of Jay and Silent Bob, like Jay, I think it's Jay strangling Bob with um, a- Visual with references film. on a podcast. Oh, I'm wearing a Jay and Silent Bob 20th anniversary, Secret Stash 20th anniversary t-shirt that my friend got me from Jay and Silent Bob Secret Stash. Yeah, we'll, we might tweet that out just for a reference mm-hmm. when we- I had to wear one of my Kevin Smith shirts. Yeah, it's a good shirt. I, I get that. But just mm. to say, in the thing that I saw, I'm, I'm yeah, not familiar yeah. with the universe. The, I, all I've seen is Clerks now. Yeah, but I was shocked. I was as shocked to his when I saw it as well. So Yeah, I, I guess that's part of the experience. But mm-hmm. the, that really that that really put me off. So had it not been for the podcast and like I need to make a show about this and about my impressions mm-hmm. of it, had I not been making a review... I'm not sure that I would have uh, kept watching after the first 10 or 20 minutes, just going, oh, this is dumb. I'm going to watch something else. Mm-hmm. Why Why do people care about Kevin Smith again? I don't know. But I'm glad I watched all of it because it the, the film has a unique feel to it. I, I can't put my finger on exactly why, but it feels very different than watching any movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's a truly unique movie. It's also the first ever convenience store movie. Had, like no movie had been in a convenience no, no, store, like before. flat out set in a convenience store. No. Oh wow, you're yeah. kidding. Yeah. I guess convenience stores had been part of a setting. Yeah, like actually doing the whole thing in. Man, you would have thought. Yeah. No. Huh. But yeah, as as I understand it, it was a it was more of a resource film. So yeah. there were there was a lot of corner cutting. Uh, I've been teaching myself some cinematography recently mm-hmm. with uh, with my cheap little camera there. So when I see an immense amount of uh, IS like high ISO mm-hmm. brain in the in the film, 
um, like, okay, so they were working with bad lighting conditions or with film that wasn't right. And they couldn't exactly walk around with all of the film that they needed. Mm -hmm. You have to get the shot that day because you brought the actors in, but maybe the lights are on. Okay. I totally get it. It does make it feel low rent, but it doesn't make it feel cheap. No. If that, if that makes any sense. No. It It, it feels inexpensive rather than cheap. Yeah. Which is what it is. I mean, um, he put it together on a shoestring budget and did the best he could. It, it, it was just lucky that when it was, there was, except for his cast, there was one other person in that's the cinema that day when he, they debuted it. Mm. And that person got, was a reviewer and it got to a, a very well-known producer in Hollywood. And they said, it's the untold gem of that, of that film festival. And it got into Sundance and then it just all went from there. I mean, they're not wrong, right? Because, I mean, let's start from the beginning in mm. terms of just visual fidelity. Mm-hmm. It's not very good, but they their cinematography is spectacular given mm. the limitations. There's a scene where Jay and Silent Bob are just dancing, mm-hmm. and Silent Bob is com- is half completely in black shadow. Mm-hmm. Right, the, the the frame is a third black, completely yeah. black. Jay is sort of a silhouette dancing in the bright light, and you see half of mm-hmm. um, Silent Bob dancing. It it's a really interesting shot. Mm-hmm. Right, it's really interesting. It's film noir in a lot of, in a lot of ways, which I have no idea how to say in English. Film noir, right? Yeah. It's film noir, but it doesn't feel like film noir. It feels like a prodigy video, but it doesn't found, it's, feel like a prodigy video. It feels like a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, like this is what I keep coming back to. It feels very unique. Mm-hmm. The way that they do a dance scene is very unique. The way that they orchestrate the music is very unique. And trust me, they go complete 180 in the dance scene in the next movie. Okay. In Clerks 2. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, I, as much as I've gone on with, like, it's uh, sometimes the delivery is stilted or whatever, I seriously love, which is weird to say, I seriously love that I can tell there's non-actors sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, a couple of Veronica's lines, she's a little halting, bit yeah. stiff, a bit whatever. But I nonetheless, mm-hmm. she she nails enough of it that it sounds like a real person speaking because real people, we um and we ah and we sort of occasionally restart mm-hmm. sentences. You've heard enough of that on the podcast. I don't yeah. always edit it out because it would sound like we're we're professional we're actors, good. which we're not. We should not sound like we, we have an authentic voice. So every episode I'm trying to make choices in the edit, like yeah. how much of this do I leave in? I feel like they would have had like four takes of a scene and mm-hmm. been like, let's choose the one that makes her sound like a human instead yeah. of an actor. Which sounds well, weird in a way, but you know what I mean. They didn't have many takes. That's the thing. They they only had X amount of film, so a lot of yeah, those yeah. lot of those were one and dones. Yeah, I've trained on a film camera on a on a Super sixteen actually, mm-hmm. one of the old TV cameras here in the UK, and uh, yeah, a whole real film is like ten minutes. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. If you're running at twenty four instead of twenty five, yeah. Which if you're working TV is that cuts another thirty forty seconds off of it right there. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah, you really you have to plan your shots. And a certain amount of that is also rolling before the actual shot to slate in and make sure your sound is rolling yeah, and all yeah. of that. So, I mean, we, digital has really spoiled us. Oh, yeah. We forget how hard it was. And to make something this good in the 90s on that kind of budget, I mean, I'm in awe of this kind of thing. I, I aspire to this kind of thing. Yeah. And it really... It's, it's, it's why one of the reasons Kevin Smith is one of my idols and yeah, one man. of my inspirations is because of this movie. It's just the fact that... He wanted to tell the story. He did everything he could, and he told his story. He got again. He was content with this being a movie 
that he would pay off the rest of his life for, but would once once a year would pop on and watch. And yeah, just remem- and just remembered that he loved who he was when he was doing that. Yeah, like it, 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 he got luck again. Again, luck is the main. Mm. Is, he says he's one of the luckiest people in the world. He believes in God because he has a career. Wow. This is a man who's every year has a who uh, is the only director that gets a Q and A panel every year at Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, he has, he has his Q and A on the Saturday night at, in Hall H. He closes out Hall H every year on the Saturday. Yeah, he's certainly been. The, uh, what's nice about it too is he didn't just sit on Clerks. He mm-hmm. he's a filmmaker first, which is yeah. what I quite like. Story. A, well, he says he's a storyteller. Fair point. Fair enough. Uh, but he's he's that first. Mm. He's making stories because he wants to make stories, not because he wants to be be a big director or something. Right. He doesn't have any. The only film he said he's ever done was uh, and it's the only film he's he's directed that wasn't his own written material was Cop Out. But he did that because it was a body. It was a buddy cop movie with Bruce Willis. And he's always wanted to work with Bruce Willis. Hasn't want to work with him since, um, but um, it was also a movie that his dad took him to see as a kid. So it was a film to honor his dad. That's fair. I mean, I feel like that just wraps into, was it any good? No. That wraps into a little bit what the theme of Clerks was, isn't mm. it? Because duty and obligation are ultimately things that might doom you if you're not careful about yeah. it. Yeah. But you know, again- Careful about who you, what actions you take due to only this. So if you have a duty or obligation to your own past promises, even to yourself, I'm going to work with Bruce Willis, maybe, or I'm going to do this for my dad, as opposed to I'm going to make a film that I want to make. I don't think you would have made Clerks if it were for someone else. I think you would have made something else, possibly something worse. Mm. Well, well, you you get to Jersey Girl later on, but... um... (laughs) I don't know what that means. I haven't Uh, seen Jersey Girl. it's, It's a movie that's trifled by the things going on along around it with its stars. It's but, yeah. one, but I my verdict of this is for anyone who hasn't seen it, if you're going to recommend it to a friend, I'm assuming anybody listening mm-hmm. has seen it. I'm going to say watch it twice. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say this. It's a it's a 90 minute movie. Watch it's it a, twice. It's a movie that needs a second pass. I think so. I got way more out of it on the second pass because, again, I watch these once for just watch it and mm-hmm. once for making jokes. And typically on the second time through, I'm noticing a lot more. I'm being a bit more analytical about it, where the first time I'm just along yeah, for the ride. It's, it's the same with me with superhero movies. I always say to people, I see it as, in two versions of myself. I see it as the fanboy and I see it as the critic. Yeah. Like, I think you have to. Some superhero movies are great superhero movies because mm. of their, their attention to detail costume and links to the actual universe and stuff. But some of them are terrible movies. Yeah. I could definitely see some people not liking this movie. I, yeah. I don't think this is a. I don't think this has universal appeal. Call it. This is one of those films where I, when I discovered it, I wanted to show it to everyone, and not everyone loved it as much as I did. Yeah, it's a little bit one of those. Yeah. It's 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 like why I don't show wrestling matches to friends. I'm trying so hard to understand wrestling. Yeah, no, 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 no. But that's why I've never sent. <laughs> I'm so I've, hard. I've never sent you matches uh, to watch. I, you haven't, but I'm trying so hard to understand your world, Carl. Yeah, and after a while, right. it's just not going to make sense it's to fine. me. And that's okay. It takes all kinds of people. But uh, yeah, my my verdict on this is: watch uh, if you're gonna if I'm gonna recommend it to someone, I'm gonna say give it two watches over a couple of days, maybe, mm. and uh, don't if if it's been overhyped to you, don't let it be. It's a good movie just enjoy it yeah. right 
I like a lot of it as uh, as a critic. I like the fact that the stories all sort of wrap into each other nicely. I like that there's no sort of wasted space in the script. I mm. like that the actors are just amateur enough that it makes it feel real. Yeah. It's a little mumblecore in that way, which I it's the part of mumblecore I like as opposed to the part that it mm. makes no sense, yeah. which I like less. I like a, I like this movie, I think. Mm. Possibly. It it's definitely unique. And I'm looking forward to seeing some more Kevin Smith. I definitely now want to see yeah. more Kevin Smith in a way that before I was just aware of him. The, the next one is the flop financially, but is regarded as one of his best movies, which is More Rats. Looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Which is, not, Clerks is my favorite, but it's the the one that I, I could sit down and show people what a Kevin Smith movie is, is I will tell them to watch More Rats. It does help that it has a Stan Lee cameo. At this point, just like we're, we got to make a collection of every movie with a Stan Lee collect. Uh, oh, it's it's Stanley's biggest role in any movie. Was Stanley's biggest role in any movie was Clerks. He's a, he, okay. he's an actual character in the movie. In Clerks, yeah. Did no, in so? more in more Sorry. Oh Jesus! In I was going to say, how did I miss Stan Lee? The bit literally the poster for Morat has a big like you know the sticker that like you know core issue or anything like a comic book says featuring Stan Lee. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yep, we can wrap this up. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at um, underscore pop culture pod. You can follow us on Facebook at pod pop culture. And you can follow us on Instagram at pop at pop culture pod. I'm on Twitter at halfline1989. I'm now also oh, on Twitter. Oh, my God. Paul Sometimes. got Twitter. Yeah, I am at speaker cone. At speaker cone. Yep. I also have a YouTube channel now, mm-hmm. which is uh, speaker cone yep. on on the YouTubes on the where YouTube. I make videos about going out to collect sounds very different than this mm-hmm. stuff, but that's what I do. I make sound effects and I've started documenting the process of getting those sound effects. And, uh, eventually you'll be able to this... buy some packs. I think I'm working on it in the time of recording. We we are recording another PCP very, very soon. Yes. So, um, I've we're been... back. Yeah. I've been Carl Rodent. I've been Paul and we will catch you soon. Peace. Bye.